0: Blog Talk Radio
1: I'm here to show the world, i to show the world
2: We will Jerry's world, otherwise known as AT&T stadium in Dallas, a hundred thousand fans, Sunday night football and the national television audience that it brings the simple start of a new football season. Think about it. Could there be a more perfect setting for the 2018 Miami Hurricanes to show the world just what they're all about? And just what are they all about? That's what we are here tonight to discuss as we begin a new season of Hurricane football and of Cane Sport Live, presented to you this season by Sicilian Oven Restaurants, with six locations throughout South Florida. At Sicilian Oven, you will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com, and it's time to talk some Miami Hurricane football. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. Get fired up. The call-in number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. We have 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Those of you who have been with us before in past seasons, you know how it works. For our newbies, you call the number 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad, that puts you in the queue, and then we bring you on the show in the order that you call in. If you're riding around in your car, obviously, and you want to listen to the show on your phone, feel free. We should have plenty of room for everybody that wants to listen or participate in the phone bank this evening. So anyway, yeah, so the Hurricanes are on a mission to get themselves back in gear after they ended ended last season with those – I guess we could call them ugly Three consecutive losses If there's a team out there Truly here in the 2018 season To show the world something It's the Canes Who have had eight months to simmer Over their turn of fortunes Last season We'll break it all down tonight The top ten preseason ranking The debate over Malik Rozier As Miami starter That has captivated the fan base The entire offseason The arrival of Travis Homer as a marquee running back, and yes, you watch, he will be this season. The insane depth that the Hurricanes have at wide receiver, where you're looking at potentially nine guys rotating in and out of games. That's going to be interesting to watch. The sensational pair of true freshman tight ends, with Brevin Jordan slated to start in his first game as a Miami Hurricane. Can the biggest question mark on offense, the offensive line, answer the bell in 2018? Can defensive tackle Gerald Willis finally fulfill his promise in year five as a college football player? Will anybody be able to slow down Miami's sensational trio of pass-rushing defensive ends? And Mark Rick made it clear today, Gregory Russo will be in the game very early. Is there a better linebacker core than Shaq Quarterman, Mike Pinckney, and Zach McLeod? Will preseason All-American Jaquan Johnson play well enough to hold that title when the season is over? Does Miami have enough juice at cornerback, the second question spot on the defense next to defensive tackle? There's so much to talk about tonight, and midway through the show we're going to get a visit from former Kane, Anthony Hambone Hamlet. In our Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint segment, Anthony's gone on to a great post-football career in education. Check this out. Anthony Hamlet is the current superintendent of schools in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He'll be joining us tonight to tell us about it and talk some Canes football with us. And for those of you who are in our Canesport Yahoo College Fantasy League, that draft will begin at 8.30 tonight. During this show, I'm telling you in advance, the Canesport team is coming after Hurricanes, because otherwise, what the heck's the point? But we'll see how that draft goes. Uh, Those of you that are in that league, um, the draft begins at 830, so be ready. As always, we ask the members of Canesport.com to post the questions and topics that they would like to hear addressed on tonight's show, and we'll phase those in through the show as we move forward. But it's been a long off season for everyone, so let's end the wait. And let's get to your calls. Again, the number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. Hit 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Here we go. Guess who's first? Greg. Welcome to a new season of Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening?
3: Good, Gary. How you been?
2: Doing great. I was so happy when I saw that you were first in the queue because it just wouldn't be Kane Sport Live and the tradition wouldn't be complete if you didn't start off this season as the number one caller. So, go ahead. What you got for us?
3: Okay. Um, Miami will be favored in every game during a regular season this year. They, uh, yeah, I think, there's no, I think
2: that's a safe guess, no doubt.
3: Okay. I posted on the board during the uh, summer that I think Rick made a mistake not going after Shea Patterson. With all his talent, I think that we could have competed with Clemson if we had a top-flight quarterback. Do you see Malik Rozier making any strides from last year?
2: Yeah, let's talk about this for a little bit. Uh, They couldn't go after an outside quarterback with with all these young guys that have been brought into the program, Uh, you know, what kind of message would that be sending them that you went out and recruited them and before they even get a chance to compete and show what they've got, you're bringing quarterbacks in from the outside to put them on the sidelines for a year or two. Uh, You know, I, I don't, I don't see where that was an option for this past year. Uh, Now going forward, obviously you've got Malik Razier as the starter to answer your question far and away the best option going into the season. He's got the best command of the offense. Uh, he spent the whole off season studying with Mark Richt and they went over all the plays from last year, what he did right, what he did wrong. Mark Richt couldn't be happier with Malik Rozier right now. And, and that's his guy. And there is no question about it. Anybody looking for a quick trigger finger on Sunday night in Dallas, forget about it. Uh, it would take obviously an unfortunate injury or just the most, you know, I don't even know what word to use, insane, absurd turn of events for Mark Rick to pull um, Malik Rozier out of that ball game on Sunday night. So going in, don't even think about it, Malik's the quarterback. Now, I've been, and I've said this often on the message boards at canesport.com, just absolutely mystified by how anxious the fan base has been all summer to replace malik and i know he struggled at the end of last year and they lost those three straight games but you're also talking about a guy that directly accounted for 31 touchdowns last season between throwing the ball and running the ball now how many quarterbacks in miami history have accounted for more than that in a single season the answer is zero he, he set the school record, broke Vinny Testaverde's record of 30 that Vinny set in his Heisman Trophy year back in 1986. So, yeah, he, he didn't play very well down the stretch, nor did it really anybody else. you got to remember that he was devoid of his best playmakers in those games as well. And the guy did, did a lot of really good things during the course of the season, and obviously your hope is that he comes back this year and is more consistent, and there's less bad plays in in the mix. I mean, yeah, every quarterback's going to have a bad throw here or there, but, um, you know, the hope is that you're going to see a really good Malik Rozier, and that's what Mark Richt is planning on. So, uh, yes, he has done well in fall camp. Uh, Mark Richt uh, told us today that he's extremely happy with Malik and what Malik's doing. Um, Not that he really could say anything differently here on the eve of the season opener but uh i I think it's genuine i don't think he's blowing smoke i think that uh he really feels confident in malik and that the whole team feels that malik is going to have a very good season he's got a a lot more weapons this year than he had last year and obviously starting the year everybody's healthy
3: okay that's good explanation now all right now, this Michael Johnson that we whiffed on, how do you only recruit one quarterback in a, in a season? You put all your eggs in that kid's basket? Now, what well, happens right now if Nicozy Perry says, screw this, I'm out of here? Next here, year, you'll what, only have two here's, quarterbacks.
2: Here's what I think, Greg, Greg. I think that they evaluated all the quarterbacks going into this year, and there were two guys that they felt, we're good enough to recruit and bring into the program. Now, remember, you've got these, these three young guys okay, sitting here, right? So you don't want to just bring in a body to bring in a body. So they isolated on, on two guys. There was the Graham Mertz kid that ended up committing to Wisconsin, and there was Michael Johnson. And through the whole recruitment – and remember, uh, John Richt went to Oregon – I believe about a half dozen times, okay, to see Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson came to Miami, uh, I believe twice. It might have been three times, okay. And all through this, obviously, Michael Johnson is giving John Richt and Mark Richt the impression that there's a pretty strong chance he's going to pick Miami. And, and there was a, a, a lot of time during that recruitment that it did. It looked like he was going to go to Miami. Now something happened and i'm guessing a couple things number one he when he he took a hard look at the quarterback position he came out for spring practice and he saw the three young guys that were out there knowing that he would be walking in behind those three you know as a recruit with you know a, a monumental hill to climb to rise to be the starting quarterback I think that impacted his decision. I think that was you know, the, the, fir- the first thing. I think the other thing is, somewhere along the line, I think somebody whispered in his ear and said, "Hey, it's not just those guys that you're dealing with. This kid, Max Johnson, that's coming in the next recruiting cycle, that you know is, is related, you know to, to Mark Rick, that, that, that there's a very strong chance that he's going to come to Miami, not definite. Because you know it gets a little complicated when you have a kid that you're that close to, and and there's things that they're going to have to talk through and work out. But I'm guessing somebody, maybe Florida State, because that's where everything's changed is when he went to Tallahassee. Um, you know, might also pointed out that this Max Johnson kid is sitting on deck too. They're like, why do you want to go to Miami? That's not the, you, don't, you know, it's we're just, it's way too crowded of a situation. You, you might never get a chance to play there and you'll just end up transferring. You might as well go somewhere else. And he ended up picking Penn State. So I think those things polluted the environment a little bit. Now, so you're saying, why isn't there another quarterback there? Um, I believe the answer to that is there wasn't another high school quarterback that they felt strongly enough about that they were going to bring in that was going to be better than Jaron Williams, Nikozi, Perry, and Cade Weldon. And so as of right now, they have opted not to recruit any high school quarterbacks. Now they've had the whole summer, they've had fall camp and all these quarterbacks have been, have been working. And still, as we sit here today, nobody has, is the clear cut, even number two guy. Okay, Um, they're listing Cade Weldon and the Cozy Perry as co-number twos on the depth chart this week. Mark Rick would not spill the beans and tell us who the true number two is in his mind. Uh, So they're still competing, trying to separate themselves from each other. This is going to go on the whole football season, Greg, and and everybody else out there. And when they get to December – they're going to have to evaluate the quarterback position and make some decisions. You know, they're going to have to decide if at that point in time, they believe that one of these three guys is going to be good enough the following August to be their starting quarterback on a football team. That's still going to be loaded with talent. And, you know, they feel that they are building something special here. You have a lot of young talent on this team right now and you cannot have it weighted down by having a quarterback. Who's not good enough uh, to execute what you want to get done and maximize all this plethora of skill talent that you're surrounding the quarterback with. And they're going to keep recruiting old linemen and that should hopefully keep getting better. And, and, you know, the program's moving in the right direction and is in a very good spot right now. Um, But you can't make mistakes and you can't mismanage things like quarterbacks. And uh, so I think come December, they're going to have some decisions to make. And, and, and we don't know what those decisions are going to be right now because, because there's still three months of football practice to play out here. And, you know, I think Mark Rick's going to try to get all these guys in games. He's got to see how they handle themselves. He's got to see you know where they are and make honest evaluations. If one of these three kids by December, doesn't prove to Mark Rick that he's ready to rise above, or let's say even two of them don't, I think there's a strong chance Miami goes on the aftermarket and starts looking at transfers and maybe even a Juco quarterback. And um, we'll see what happens. Uh, You you know the situation. I keep mentioning this. The the sweepstakes is going to be whoever transfers out of Alabama. There's no way those two kids are staying at Alabama um, beyond this season. And, um, you know, Jay, it looks like Jalen Hurts is going to be the odd guy out. Um, he's going to be a graduate after this year at Alabama. And he's going to have, like, I guess it would be two years to play anywhere he goes. If one of these three guys doesn't rise up and claim that number two job and show that he is the heir apparent to number one, I think Miami tries to enter the Jalen Hurts sweepstakes if that plays out the way I think it will in December. And I think there'll be other guys too. I don't, don't, you know, I don't think it'll be him or Buss. I think there's, oh, every year there's always going to be some quarterbacks. Look at LSU. Their quarterback just came from Ohio State. So um, I think they have those options. I think, I think with the talent that's on this roster that Miami, if, if they go into the aftermarket looking for a quarterback would absolutely have to be one of the most appealing situations in the country. So I think we just got to watch how it plays out. That's the way I think it will. We don't know the answer yet, Greg, but um, it's going to be interesting to watch.
3: All right, last point. Uh, What what are you seeing on this recruiting? What about Evan Neal, Richards, McIntosh, Bogle, and those guys?
2: Uh, I feel good about most of the guys that you just mentioned. You know, I I think that they're going to finish very strong, but until they get commitments, (laughs) they're not, you know, the kids aren't committed. And, um, but I I think they're doing very well with Evan Neal. I think they're doing very well with Mark Richards. I think they're doing very well with Vogel. You know, who else did you mention?
4: McIntosh.
2: Uh, McIntosh to me is almost a definite, um, you know, Braylon Ingram's still sitting there. Um, Don't sleep on him. He's a very good player. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I, I think they're doing well with all those guys, but until they're in the fold, you know, you just you just don't obviously know for sure.
3: All right, Gary. I'm looking for a victory this week because if we lose this game, uh, it's not looking good. We should be able to dominate. I don't see well, LSU scoring much.
2: I'm going to save that conversation for um, our point-counterpoint with uh um, right. anthony, anthony Hamlet and the uh, the answer man Bruce Warner is also going to be joining us for that one, and uh, we're going to discuss how big of a game this is for Miami uh, in the nine o'clock hour, but uh, I agree with you it, it it I mean you're talking about losing potentially if if you were to lose on Sunday night four straight losses uh, for for a team that you know, feels as good about where it is right now as this team does and and has the the kind of plans they have. Miami has a lot on the line Sunday night, probably way more than LSU. And I think you are just going to see an absolutely amped up, exploding hurricane team on the field on Sunday. These kids are – they're jumping out of their skin. Uh, to be honest with you, they feel that they have so much in their arsenal this year, and, and they just can't wait to get out on the field and show it. And that, you know, that that's going to be an amped up Miami team on Sunday night, no doubt about it.
3: I just, I right, just right. hope Mark Rick's, Mark Rick's play calling doesn't hold them back. All right, Gary, thank I, you. I
2: mean, he certainly has a lot to, a lot to mess around with, doesn't he, Greg? I mean, you couldn't ask All for right. more. So, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm confident that Mark will be just fine. Thanks, Greg. Right, we'll talk, to you we'll talk about now. it next week. Thanks for getting us started. All right, 563 999 3633 is the number. 563 999 3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 757. You are now live on Kane Sport Live.
4: What's up, baby boy? This is Kane Kane Kim, all the way live. Look, man, it's a new season, right? You got to come with a better amp song, man. You got to have something better, like a DMS, gonna make me lose my mind. You got the brain to bring the power. They amped up. The keys, you didn't, amped you up. didn't like you that have song? A theme song. Man, I was I had oh, myself shit, for finding that look, song. I'm game. gonna tell you, Gary, that shit was whack, bro. Whack. Everything else. What? You got to show the world? Hell. Man, sure what hell? Hell. look, we're talking about what's down in Miami. Back in the day, they get in the field. You said they're feeling it. They're ready to jump out of this kid. That ain't going to make them jump. That ain't even make me crawl. I almost cried. Change the change the music. But forget all that. Hey, new season. Let's do the thing. Ain't too much to talk about. Quarterbacks, whatever. I know he says a lot about Jared Williams. That's all I'm going to say. It's something special about him because every time I find a line saying something nice about him, but hey, Time will tell about all that. The defense legit. A million receivers. Hell, we need to go in there. I don't care if we win by one. LSU got a good defense. It ain't going to be the easiest thing. We're blowing out. That's fine. We got an arsenal. Awesome they got a good D. We got a good D. We got the better offense. That's what I know. We have a better offense. That the boy, Joe Barrow, I've seen him in a spring game. He ain't, he ain't no slouch, but he ain't been in no game situation like Rose is. So, hey, we should dominate, at least win the game. Shout out to Uki. Shout out to TJ. Shout out to Charles. Shout out to, damn, I forgot somebody. But whatever be the case, man? Damn the rest. <laughs> Everybody get ready because there's going to be a party out this summer. We're getting ready to rock and roll in 2018. And I ain't got no more to say. 305, ride or die. See you next Tuesday. Bye bye. <laughs> All
2: right, Kane Kane. So you didn't like the music? <laughs> Okay. Man, I, I thought I thought that was a great selection for opening night. Here to show the world, man. The Canes are here to show the world what they are, man. That's I thought that was great. Uh but all right, well we'll try to do better next week on the, on that front. And uh not a lot to talk about. I don't know about that one either, Kane Kane. There's a lot to talk about. Um but we'll uh we'll press on here. Thank you as always for being part of the show and uh bringing your style to the airwaves. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how are you? Doing great. Who's this?
5: It's everything
2: 305. I'm keeping it 305 hey, up, right man? now as well. I'm sure everyone's holding on to their chairs right now. <laughs> well,
5: it's hard not to. We've been waiting for this day for a long time, especially when you have a chance to have the marquee matchup, not just college football. NFL football, we're the only game, the only game to watch. And when you're on this stage, you've got to perform at your best. You can't hide. You know, you've got to go out there, and you've got to be at a different level. Um, Case in point, all the guys that we have that are now starters that weren't starters. And I'm always concentrating everything. I'm a traditional football person,
3: and I always,
5: always concern myself first with the trenches. And there have been some changes with people moving on, graduating, and some kids coming on and winning their spot. I want to talk about the offensive line and the defensive line, in particular, Tahir Jones and also Mr. Ford. If you can touch upon their status and why they are in the current situation they're in. I mean, obviously they've won or lost a spot, but what is it that they have or have not done, Gary, at this stage?
2: just aren't all the way there yet. You know, uh, John John Ford is one that I'm kind of a little disappointed because he, he really cut himself in some pretty good shape. I mean, he shed, a, he shed some bad weight, worked real hard in the offseason, and, and, you know, I thought he was going to really take a massive step forward in fall camp, and, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like that's happened, although, you know, he is second team behind Pat Bethel right now, so, I mean, that's not... Horrendous by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, you know, I think the first DT off the bench is going to be Tito Odenigbo, the uh, transfer from Illinois. Uh, He and and that's a kid that never started wasn't a starter at Illinois, so uh, that kind of tells you. If if we're being honest here and real, I mean, you know, we talk about all the good. I I think we got to also talk about where there's a little susceptibility on this team. And, and it would be at that defensive tackle position and for sure. And then the other spot I would point to is backup offensive line. You know, when, um, I loved DeLone Scaife. I called, I called this one a year ago when I watched them at the Rivals camps, and I liked the, the approach he took. I, I, liked this, I liked everything I saw from that kid uh, uh, back in the, in the Rivals camps last summer. And I knew he was going to come in uh, ready to play as a true freshman not my wildest dreams that I expect them to be the backup left tackle day one of his, of his Miami hurricane football career. I, I mean, you've got on the second team. O line Pull my depth chart up, up here. You've got um, Cleveland Reed, true freshman, John Campbell, true freshman, and DJ Scaife, true freshman. You have three true freshmen on the second team offensive line at Miami. Um, if, if there's a problem, I think that's definitely a place where there's a problem, and I think the other uh, the other thing I would look at would be defensive tackle. You know, I, I just I don't feel uh, yeah, I I've been saying it from the day Norton and McIntosh made that decision to leave that they were doing a great disservice to the program to their teammates. No doubt. They had no business. No, buis- doubt. no, no doubt. business going into the NFL, and they have left this oh. team in a lurch because they're thin at defensive tackle. And at some point in the season, you watch, we're going to be sitting here saying, oh, my God, I wish we had Norton and McIntosh.
5: And, and that's the reason why I started off bringing up my biggest area of concern. Because when we look at it, it's game week. The game plan is already in. They're going, everything is pretty much, it's a done deal. There's nothing new to learn today. It's, it's, it's Tuesday. But everything's in. And when you look at what Pittsburgh showed, I mean, football is a copycat. It's a copycat uh, type of uh, program in terms of whether it's the NFL, whether it's college, even high school. If you see someone do something and have success against a common opponent, you better bet your butt we're doing the same damn thing until until they make something different happen. And, unfortunately, what Pittsburgh showed is stuff their own, put nine in the box, and dare this kid to throw. And, unfortunately, we all know, that this kid is who he is He might work hard He might have all the ability He might have good leadership But when the bullets are flying, Gary You either make plays or you don't And more often than not Yes, he lost some weapons And yes, that impacted. That did impact things But at the end of the day He has been consistently inconsistent And when you've got two recruits That you brought in one that's, This is year two for him The other one that just got here Well, actually, Walden's been here For two, a year and a half Two years just as well And they haven't appeared to set themselves apart. You've got to start questioning where you're at, either with the personnel you have or their development. And that's one thing that I've always pointed out. When you're at this level, it's not about picking guys you can totally trust. It's about picking guys that can help you get that trophy. And I haven't seen that across the board through the selection process of them hiring coaches. And right well, now I can tell you, the LSU, Gary, is going to do one thing, the same thing Pitt did, same thing Clemson did, same thing Wisconsin did, load the box and dare that guy to throw. And guess what? You just pointed out how an offensive line is very inexperienced, very weak, and a guy like Jaheer Jones, who many thought wouldn't even be here this year, okay? Most of us didn't think he would be here because he wasn't able to pick up things, he wasn't in good shape. So that's why I asked you the question, has he gotten better? Well, pretty much it's the same old, same old, and now at this stage
6: no, listen, if you lay an
5: egg Gary, if you lay an egg Gary on this stage, we're, we're three years far, further back once again on having a chance to win that title. Nah, you're and that's you're, my you're, whole point. You're
2: over listen, you're you're a little over the top on on the alarmist negative side, at least going into the season, that's that you know uh, we don't know how it's gonna play out. But I, I think you're well, I think we you're don't, a little Gary, what are you're they, a little over the, a little they're they're close the too close to the deep end. But let me just tell you, Jahair Jones you mentioned, okay?
3: Uh, is Absolutely. he
2: a frontline, you know, Division One Miami level starting offensive guard in a normal situation, um, no. very questionable. I, I mean, he's good enough to be a rotation guy. Uh, I'm not sure that he's an every down for the whole season level of offensive guard, but that's the best you have right now. And 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 that's the thing, you know. Uh, Look at, look at the job they've done building the receiver position and the safety position and, and the defensive end position. Like they're doing a good job building a lot of positions. Let me finish. And let, me I finish let me finish. Let me finish. Offensive line takes longer. Okay. It just does. And it sucks that it does because of, of the situation that Mark Richt inherited at that position. Um, but it takes longer. And you could even point going back to Casey McDermott, his freshman year, when he played a, a, a handful of snaps and blew a red shirt year that he could have used, and he would have been back this year to, to just give them an older, more experienced, experienced kid. The whole thing has been mismanaged. Mark Rick inherited it, and they're trying to build it. And they like these young kids that they have. They 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 look like Division One linemen. They're big kids. They're in the weight room. They're 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 growing. They're learning. They're just not ready to go out there and pick up every blitz that Ed Orgeron's going to throw at them no, on Sunday night.
5: No doubt that, that uh, Coach Banda over there is going to throw at them. And, and I'm going to say another thing.
2: with regard Not Banda. I'm talking words, about
5: Orgeron. I mean, not Banda. Or, no, Orgeron. No, I'm talking about his, his defensive coordinator for Wisconsin. I forget his name. Oh, Aranda. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Aranda. I'm sorry. So with that but their in mind, team. Orgeron's a long-time defensive you coach. Th-
5: you might have the best-skilled guys. You could have ten of them. But if you can't get them the ball, they can't, make, they can't make plays. And that's my biggest concern going into this. Now, I'm hoping, as every true diehard game fan is out there that I am, that we go in, we play our best ball, and we kick their ass. I'm hoping that we dominate the trenches. I'm hoping that that's going to happen. And, yeah, the game has evolved. It's no longer a trench game. By many, by many people, by many accounts, it's a spread out game. And you just kick the ball to people in space and you go. They made it they have used the old KISS principle for football is what they've done. And I I'm I'm telling you, I just I don't feel good about where we're at with the trenches. And hopefully we get through this game and, and come out four games until we play FSU. And that's gonna be the BZ game that's gonna pretty much dictate whether we get some of the best kids in this area to stay home and in the state of Florida. Uh, so that that's what the way I look at the it's game, Gary. Legit, legit concern. it's
2: not well received. Legit concern. And, and I think that Manny Diaz is going to adjust. I do. I, I think he's got Demetrius Jackson that he can put inside on passing downs. I think he's got Russo who he could put inside on passing downs and try to take advantage of his height to bat down ball, bat balls and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think Manny will adjust. I think that they are limited to tackle. You know, I, you can't expect uh, Willis to be out there every single play the entire game. And, you know, he's the one guy that they're hoping can be, a you know, a frontline guy. Pat Bethel's a good player, but he's, you know, he's not a great player. Uh, we talked about John Ford. Tito was a backup at Illinois. Um, they're hoping Nesta Silvera, uh, you know, will obviously come on in strong in in his freshman year and and, and do some good things but you can't expect him to go out there for 40 plays a game either so um it'll be interesting and i think they're gonna have to you know do some different things schematically to make up for the fact that they don't have dominant tackles but your concern is very legit that you know they're they're not in the interior trenches they're not where they need to be to compete with clemson alabama ohio state are they good enough to compete with everybody else in the ACC? Without a doubt. And they will be favored to win, I believe, every game they play this year.
5: Well, I hope, I hope that's the case, and I hope it, it totally comes together for us. There's no doubt. Unless Malik unless – last, last thing I want to talk about recruiting-wise. Right now, you mentioned earlier, Greg mentioned, uh, I guess, a couple of the guys, Neil Bogle, a couple of other guys you, you had some info on. And you, you guys do a fantastic job of, us, of keeping us updated. But one thing that I'm, I'm concerned about more than anything is where are we exactly with Neil in terms of us being the favorite? Like some of the the, the moderators on, on rivals have pointed out, where are we exactly with him, Gary? If you had to put your money or your mouth is, where would you put your money right now with, with regards to Neil?
2: They're they're working it as hard as you can humanly work a, a, rec- a recruiting situation. I you know to me the only problem is that he's in Tampa, (laughs) you know, and he, he can't come to campus every week. He can't, he can't visit as much as the, as the South Florida kids do. And um, that makes recruiting him a little, a little bit more difficult, but I think they're doing very well there. Obviously the kid can go anywhere he wants. You've you've got schools like Alabama in the equation. And um, I mean, that kid literally can go anywhere he wants. So you've got everybody in the equation and we just got to see how it's how it finishes i mean they're 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 in there battling as hard as you can you know you you can't recruit a kid any harder than they're recruiting Evan Neal. They need that kid badly. I mean they need a guy to who can come in and be the starting left tackle for the next three years and uh he's that type of player
5: well what what he is to us on offense the freak is to us on defense and special teams. Where are we with that because at the end of the day he is. And every year I tell you the same thing. What local kid is the most important recruit? In my opinion, he's the most
2: important recruit. Yeah, and I mean, that our... one's complicated. It's, it's complicated for the reasons I think you already know. And, but they're, okay. they're hanging in there. I mean, and it, you know, everything we hear is they're, they're right there. It's Miami or Georgia. And, you know, I can't tell you what he's going to do. I mean, if you if you look at the racing forum, we know what kids in this situation usually do. But and then you know you you know I I know what your reaction is going to be to that, but you know it, it, there, there's it, it is what it is, and you know I I think that they have a ch- a decent chance, but I certainly am not going to predict that he's going to Miami.
5: Would you say that he's not the most single most important local recruit we need to
2: get? Extremely important, without a doubt. He, that kid's an elite cornerback. Yeah, I mean, he walks in, I think, and, and starts next year as a true freshman. I mean, he is an elite cornerback. They don't have another guy on the roster right now at that position that's better than that kid. So, yeah, he's extremely important. And, but, including, you know,
5: including Michael Jackson. Including Michael Jackson?
2: Michael Jackson's not going to be here next year. No, I'm saying right now, right now. I mean, right now, uh, they're, they're, I think, comparable. I mean, I'm mean, I watching Tyreek against high school kids and not college receivers, but, I, I mean, he locks down just about everybody he, he goes up against. I haven't seen that kid get beat too many times in all the camps and stuff where I've watched him. Uh, I mean, he, he just has that it factor. I, mean, I, I, I really like him. I think he's going to be a great college football player. I think he, like you said, he's the most important recruit on the board, and I've I've said they got to find somehow some way to win that one. But I understand what they're up against, so we'll see.
5: You know what, Gary? At the end of the day, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying.
2: You have a good one, my friend. All right, man. Hey, uh, great great call by the way. And you didn't mention uh, your favorite coach's name one time, and I I give you a ton of credit for that because you're way over the top on that, and you've been you've kept it under control lately. And we thank you very much for that one. All right, guys, let me take a moment here to tell you about one of the best and rapidly expanding dining concepts in South Florida, and that is Sicilian Oven. I don't have to tell you that there's hundreds of places around town where you can go eat pizza, but there is no place quite like Sicilian Oven, which has six locations throughout South Florida. I was driving around Plantation the other day. And was feeling really hungry, so I stopped into Sicilian Oven's plantation location, and I had one of their pizza lunch specials, and man, was it good. The food was so good, I took an extra pie home for dinner. At Sicilian Oven, they offer a new way of dining. Their philosophy is based on the best ingredients and flavor combinations mixed into a carefully designed menu. Many of these recipes have been handed down from generations through the DeSalvo and Garavuso families. It begins with classic pizzas with traditional toppings and expands to gourmet and select pizza combinations that are far removed from what you're going to find at the nearest corner. Believe me, it's not Domino's. You love wings. Sicilian Oven's wood-fired wings are marinated for 24 hours in Italian herbs and spices and served with caramelized onions. Sicilian Oven also offers a wide array of specialty dishes from eggplant, caponata and parmigiana to mussels mario and fire roasted shrimp palermo they have soups and sandwiches and salads and pasta dishes no matter your taste you'll find something great at sicilian oven with six locations throughout south florida on your way or leaving hard rock stadium this season visit the plantation location like i do it's at the fountains complex off university drive or the aventura location at 205th and biscayne If you need a place to eat great food and watch a road game, there are other locations in Lighthouse Point, Coral Springs on Sample Road, and 101st, and also in Boca Raton. And their new location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bayview in Fort Lauderdale, has a full liquor bar. So get on over to your nearest Sicilian Oven restaurant and get ready to experience the next level in casual Italian dining like I did recently when I was introduced to Sicilian Oven by the answer man, Bruce Warner. You can visit SicilianOven.com to find the nearest location to you. It's Sicilian SicilianOven and SicilianOven.com. You will not only love the taste, you will taste the love. And I mean everything I just said there. They have great food, and uh, you will not be sorry if you haven't checked it out yet, if you go to Sicilian Oven and uh, try them for lunch or dinner. Really good stuff. All right, let's get back to your calls. The number 563-999-3633. 563 999 3633 is the number. You hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 678 now. You are live on Kane Sport Live.
7: Hey, Gary, what's going on?
2: Doing good. Who's this? Oh, oh it's this a
7: junkie. junkie. Hey, what's up,
2: junkie? How you been, man? Good <laughs> man, summer? Good.
8: Oh, yeah.
7: Oh, yeah. Feel good. Feel good. Um,
8: I I, want to just uh, I want to give a shout out to three hundred five man. I like I like three hundred (laughs) five. He 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 be on some real shit, Gary, But
2: let me tell you about that guy. That guy. That guy is one of the most knowledgeable fans in the fan base. If he would just
8: exactly,
2: if he would just like keep. Keep the blinders like 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 keep, keep the blinkers on and not stray and with his personal attacks on coaches he doesn't like and stuff like that. If he would just stick to football and talking about what goes on on the field, that that guy knows his stuff. I totally agree with you. Oh yeah,
8: um, real quick, Gary. Um, we I, I don't think that the issues that you know with the O line and D line are really issues with, with one being. Most of the time you want DT's like juniors and seniors and for John Ford to not, you know, be in front of the Champ Belco, it's not a really a knock on Ford. Like Ford was a red shirt freshman or a three star boy with is a is a junior right now. And the transfer is what, a fifth year guy? So you ask a you know, a, a two year guy, he was a what, three star recruit, maybe four on some on some sites, but that's that's almost what you want. So now when when are asking for him to be the man, he, he's a junior. And, and that's the same way with the O line. Um we have yep. guys like Jones like, with Jones, I feel great. Like that I don't feel great because, you know, if it was someone like, you know, when you have seniors and red shirt seniors a uh, red shirt juniors who starting and you're not asking young, inexperienced try to be, you know, we're asking them to come in and sub, give a spare, and then get out and let the seniors and the upperclassmen come back into the game. I mean, that's a that's a good situation to be in. And I feel like with you know with our O-line and our D-line, that's the situation we're in where now we can expect juniors to come in and start playing and dominating, like you Warren when they're juniors, now you expect now, the John Ford was a junior right now, we could be disappointed in him. But Belter's a junior. So we, I would have been more disappointed in Belter not being, you know, in that spot than John Ford jumping him and then Nessa, uh jumping him again. And we like, man, what Belter doing? You you're about to be a senior next year, you know. So with with the D line, I don't feel that bad about it. Um, Willis, Willis, I, I see Willis having a a first round, second, early second round type of year. I mean, barring injury. Just flashes, just our potential, just how what we know he can do, and with our schedule, like, that's another thing that we have to look at. Like when we're talking about Malik, we don't like. In my opinion, Malik is going to be the MVP this year, and this for a number of reasons. Like last year, when Malik came into the situation, he didn't really know if he was going to be the starter.
3: He didn't really know
8: the offense like he wanted to. He didn't really have command. He wasn't really comfortable. It was no experience. Everything was new. And not only did he run, like our schedule was considered a gauntlet when we had to stretch with the Notre Dame and the BFET back-to-back. A lot of people picked us to go one-and-one. Not only did we win, we dominated both games. And Malik was was the MVP, in my opinion, in all the biggest games we played this year. With the Notre Dame, with the BFET, with the Florida State. Down on the road, we're down on the road with less than a minute. And he pumped the crowd up. Brad Kaya when when we was down in Miami when Kaya threw the pick to Jalen Ramsey he was out there looking like oh my god like he didn't have that right that that's what you call it factor with Malik he was just in a new situation but he still had like yeah we are about to do this on the road like with that that you can't keep the 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 yep, mechanics no. the, you know hitting receivers when your best receiver is out when you really got. Jeff Thomas was our only speed late in the season. So it's easy to walk up and press and say, Yeah, beat us with a true freshman, beat us with Barrios, who we can cover up as slow wide receivers. Now you're talking about when we come off the bench, we're bringing guys like Mark Pope, who was easily the best wide receiver in South Florida when Jerry Judy came out. Or well, arguably, mm-hmm. I want to say easily, but arguably when Jerry Judy came out, now you bring him off the bench. If teams come up to the line and try to play us man to man, Gary, you talking about forty points, fifty points. Because you lot have to look at our schedule. Who's gonna come up and match and impress us? LSU and maybe Florida State and B You think Toledo is gonna come up and press? You think everybody else who we play, Georgia Tech? Like those teams are gonna get I don't, sleep gonna on, don't sleep on
2: don't sleep on that game at your wait, don't sleep on Georgia Tech on the road. <laughs> they they, Gary, they took you to the last we're, we're play last here. year. Don't sleep We're on Georgia Tech court. on the road. And I'm going to tell you another one not to sleep on. Don't sleep on Boston College on the road either. That's going to be a
8: tough game. But the thing is, when, you, when we play Boston College, the thing that's going to separate us every time is, is speed. Boston College is fast. I mean, yeah. they have a good sound defense. But when they play you, speed, like, we, like the you, speed just, that just we remember here.
2: Just wait, time out. Just remember what some of those great Miami teams went through – traveling to Boston College that had just as much or more speed as this team. Okay, that is a t- that's a tough place to play. Those are tough kids. They got, a, they got a great running back. And, I, and I'm just telling you, it could end up being a Kane blowout, but I'm saying don't, don't sleep on it. Hey, I, hey, let me call a timeout here for a minute. I got I to gotta run a few laps around the studio and do some jumping jacks because we're having this fantasy draft. And let me tell you who Gary's Kane sport team is. <laughs> Has landed here, okay? I got Amon Richards, baby. I got Amon Richards. I've got the Canes turnover chain defense. And I got your favorite player, also here in the early stages of the draft, Malik Rozier. Exactly. So I'm fired (laughs) up for fantasy, college fantasy football. How awesome is that? We've never had college fantasy football before. And um, the the, uh, the engineers at, at Yahoo spent the whole off season developing this game. I think it's awesome. But anyway, go ahead.
8: <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, with, with our season, Gary, I don't see teams going to be able to just match us physically. The talent that we have, I don't think. I think you're gonna have to game plan to. You're not gonna be able to come up and challenge. That's one. If, if, if our wide receivers stay healthy, and with, with a tight end like Brevin. Who's almost like he will be in the same mode as a Njoku uh, in types of playmaking ability? <laughs> all right, wait
2: a minute. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, I know this is all okay. about optimism, but you're comparing already a true freshman? Was you have to play a no, down no. to David Njoku?
8: <laughs> no, Gary. Listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying in terms of the game that they play, the style of play, like Njoku was a, what, a sophomore when he broke out and had that breakout season. Well, he went to the NFL as a redshirt sophomore. So what I'm saying is the, the, the ability to make plays in, in terms of, like, Chris Herndon. Yeah, he, I, I, so Brevin's going to have a good specialty. career, no doubt. No doubt. Right. He, he, he's going to be a threat, someone that you have to actually, like, account for. Whereas Chris, Chris Herndon was almost somebody that, you know, you scheme with, and he'll hit you uh play here or there. But Grevin is going to be someone that you have to say, okay, we have to account for Brevin. When he's on the field, or he's going to hurt you in terms of that kind of not, not you know, not putting him on the same page with the jokers. But being able to have a playmaker at that, at that, at that spot that you know, okay, he's not just going to block. He's going to get into play. He's going to go when we go play action. He's going to be able to be effective. He's going to be able to hurt you downfield in terms of that. So he's going to open up our playbook even more. More so now that we can run four running backs at you. The play action is going to be, like, beautiful now because we have a tight end who actually is going to make you have to play instead of just, okay, I'm looking for Ahmad, I can double over the top, or I'm looking for Jeff, I can try to double over the top. If you do that, then we can still hurt you, even when we go, power, you know, pro that. And that's – I just feel like now we're at the point where well, last year we had to run the full list of the schedule. And we always keep talking about last year. First of all, we ran the whole schedule because of Hurricane Irma. Then we had a whole lot of new people playing for the first time in 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 big situations that they wasn't used to. Travis Homer, before the season started, was the fourth string running back that was just tossed into action because of Mark Walton. Um, And then he ended up still almost at a thousand. DJ had to come over from uh, Dallas. Had to come over from wide receiver. So coming into camp, it's like we had a whole season of development and players getting better in the position that they're going to play, and they stay injury-free. Kaja was coming back from an injury last year. Chalk was coming back from – they they're not coming back from it. They just advanced them from where they were last year, and now they're more comfortable and more developed in the spots that they're in, which is like we can't even talk about last year really because the, last year the team is so different this year. And the in the element, everything surrounding the team is so different. No off-field issues, no injury issues. The depth chart has basically been set since the spring. It's just been moving forward, getting a better understanding of what you're supposed to do, getting a better sense. And everybody's a year older. So now those true freshmen that showed out are true juniors now in their experience and their leaders, man. It's like this team is nothing like what we've seen in a long time. And you know, I'm excited about that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm picking up to go all the way to to the AC Championship undefeated, and with Clemson, you know, I'm not gonna. Uh, we can't go back and talk about what happened
1: last year with Clemson
8: because, like I said, last year Clemson is a totally different team this year in terms of what we are. The team that's going to go into Clemson, barring any like, you know late season injuries, but that I think that came on because the team was just jazzed. You play that kind of schedule with no real break through the season. You go wire to wire, and then you go set, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Notre Dame, North Carolina. You run all these teams back-to-back-to-back to back to back like that, Gary. It wear on the first. That's how injuries come because you gas, you fatigue. That's why they start dropping like that. But now we have the dumps. Uh We have the horses, and we have the jumps. I just feel like we're going wire to wire. Uh and what recruited, I won't I won't even look too uh I don't like, wanna get into it right now. Uh but I do feel good about Neil, I do feel good about Stevenson and I still feel good about Bogle, I feel good about Zip also and and, uh, and Lloyd, the two Lakeland boys and – I am right, hey, to, let, let, me let, let me let some other
2: guys get in here, man. You're you're like you're you're, you're reciting the Gettysburg address on us now.
0: <laughs> but
2: um hey, thanks as always for being part of the show and, and, and give us a call next week. No
0: problem.
2: All right, man. Thank you. All right, um the number 563-999-3633-563-999-3633 563-999-3633, as we approach the end of our number one great first hour of the season i i would say very, very very strong calls in the first hour let's go out now to the 407 you're live on Sport live hello that's you hello, who's hello. this
9: hello from orlando. Who, what's your name yeah errol from orlando oh
2: hey Earl. how you been man did you have a good summer
9: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Real good summer. Real good summer. I'm happy about what, I, what I'm hearing about the team. Um, I think we're going to do real good this year. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it's okay for fans or whatnot to be a little pessimistic, I guess, especially, um, I think it's everything 305. <laughs> he seems to always be negative, in my opinion. That's that's how I view him. He's negative. Um, yeah, but you know what? I he's just, come I, around, The you know,
2: he's toned it down the last few weeks and – he brought it. I thought he brought it tonight. I mean, the guy knows football, and he's a knowledgeable dude. If He he, he just needs to, like, lose the agendas, man. It's it's like, you know. Exactly. But, but man, exactly. when he stays, like I said a minute ago, when he stays focused on football, he knows what he's talking about.
9: Yeah. Um, I just have a couple things to talk about. I think um, a couple people have brought it up a little bit for the most part. Um, I think we have to – um, I, okay, when when Mark Rick first came, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't think if, if you if you listen to how he talked year one, year two, and now year three, that's how you know. I think this team has something special. If you listen to Mark Rick now, if you listen to the players now, if you look um, from a uh, compared to how he was talking year one, you know, I think we got something special going now.
2: All hey, they love of they love course. this team, Earl. Earl, they love they love this yeah. team. They feel, I mean, the team feels good about itself. Uh, they've had a great training camp. They had a great summer. Uh, the chemistry is as good as you could want. Nobody's gotten in trouble. I mean, it, exactly. it, it's it, it's you know, even kids that got in trouble in the past are walking straight lines and doing what they're That's supposed they to land. do. You know, kids that maybe had you know tr- troubled times in high school, things like that, they're walking the straight line. Everyone is is on the same page, moving in the same direction. And they're going into a season as well as you could possibly want to go into a season. Exactly. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bring this
9: up and I'm not trying to compare us to Alabama by no means. I don't think we um No. Uh,
2: we, not there yet.
9: I don't think we're on the same pedestal as them. However, what I was gonna say is when I, because I watched uh, one of their episodes of that whatever um, series they got going on on ESPN or what, whatever channel that's on, um, and you could see, like sometimes I think as fans we think um, our team a team has to be perfect. Not even Alabama has a perfect team, you know. When you could see a Nick Saban, um, uh, you know, um, tell, you know, getting at at his players for not, you know, for for not being tougher, for not being um, um, not going through a drill, walking through a drill or whatnot, and um, everybody walking and things of that nature. I don't know if you guys saw the episode, um, but that to me, everybody sees the thing that we got to be a perf- we're gonna be a perfect team in, in every position. Do we want that? Yes, of course. But even Alabama, even the Clemson's, even the you know the the, the Ohio State's, um, the Miami's when we were when we were at the top had holes. People got to go back to like you mentioned earlier, the Boston College. Um, that game against Boston College, Ed Reed um, took that ball away from um, I can't remember the, um, the defensive lineman's name and went it bat. We was going to cut some losing that game.
2: Right, that's you what know, I'm We were about to lose that game. Yeah, you think you, you know, think that yeah. Miami team had a little speed? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, having a team yeah. isn't going to get you out of Boston College. You're going to have to play
9: but, a solid but football My point game. is, that was a championship team, though. That's my point. The point is, that was a championship team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was a team that was that was a championship team that almost lost it because of, you know, w- whether they fell asleep, they, they took Boston College for granted or whatever the case is. That happens to every single team, no matter what. I don't care how talented you are, that happens. But. What we got to realize is, for the first time, we have the talent. Talent is not a problem. And I don't think coaching is a problem at, at Miami right now. That used to be a problem. You know, we we used to, um, you mentioned this earlier as far as the quarterback position. We used to, when our golden was here, we'd just take a kid just to take a kid. You know, just to fill a position or to fill a need. Um, Mark Rick is not doing that. If you are not Miami caliber, you are not come to Miami. He's not doing that. You know, and if you, if he does get you, you come here, you like that, you you're gonna be gone quick, you know, because um, I remember one uh, on on a radio show he mentioned what that defensive end from California that got spooked um, and canceled
2: out. Um, I, DJ Jones. DJ, yeah, because, he's at or- he's at Oregon yeah. now.
9: Yeah, he got spooked or- because guards are outshaded. Yeah, you know, because Garvin outplayed him. This, DJ was a four-star recruit, high four-star recruit. Garvin was a three-star recruit. You know, but he a three-star Garvin recruit was from South Florida. was so floor.
2: good coming out of the gate that DJ Johnson was spooked. He, 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 didn't, yeah, know what he's, exactly. he didn't know what he was getting himself into. And he, he when he saw that Garvin was way better than he was at this point, I think he got spooked a little bit, and I think that increased exactly. his homesickness and 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 everything. And um, I think he did the right thing for himself and for Miami. Uh, you know, I think they would have ended up trying to make him a defensive tackle here, and I don't know how yeah. that would have gone. Um, he can go to Oregon. He can play in. The, they're gonna let him play in space up there, and. I think in, in in that style of football, he can have a good career there. So it yeah, worked out best. And, and and it and it's not going to
9: prepare him for the NFL.
2: He may still get drafted. He may still get to the NFL,
9: but playing like that is not going to prepare him for the NFL. Now, Probably not. What what I will what I will say is this. What I will say is um now when it comes to the offensive line, I think you know um offensive line and defensive line. We can't sit here and and expect a true um, sophomore, John Ford who was not an early enrollee, he came here last summer. You know, so he's basically in the, been in the program about a year, a little over right. a year.
2: And, and we're, we're expecting, expecting him to manage. be a stud. I know, you're right. You're exactly. absolutely right. You know, you, you, so... It's, it, it, it's, it's fool's gold. I mean, it, it's, yeah. I mean, sure. linemen are not supposed to be ready to be studs in, in one year unless they're, like, elite. It, exactly. And and and
9: he's not, you know, he's got the potential, but he he did he 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 wasn't elite out of high school. He's got the potential, that's definitely there. He's got the potential, but we gotta we gotta pump out breaks sometimes and realize we have a uh, 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 Pat Bethel who is a true junior, who's a junior, and then um, who's been in the program for three years and, and been in the strength and conditioning program for three years, versus a true sophomore who's who hasn't really even been here a little over a year yet. So let's talk about place a little bit. You know, I say I think you know the, the fact that he's on the on the two D says that he that, that he's, he's flashing a little bit. The, the talent is there, the potential is there, but he's just not. You know, I'm sure maybe by next year he will be where we want him to be. By next year, if he's on the if he's on the second team. Now, um, and and another thing that I that, that 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 proves that we almost where we want to be at this last recruiting class. Was was highly talented. A lot of talented guys. All of those guys are on the third team. This is when Miami was good. When you had when you had guys like Sean Taylor on the second and third team and, and things of that nature. They weren't starting, out, you know, when they came out. Those are highly This is when you know we're going to be the Miami of old. When when those highly talented players that we got from this last class can fill your third team off offense and defense. That's when you know. We on a, you know, we we on the right path. That's what I believe, and I think sometimes as fans, we get too we get too caught up and 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 the in the in the negative in the neg- negativity instead of looking at the bright side of how we, you know, everything is coming along in my opinion for this team, and I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. I think we are well, really going to surprise a lot of people.
2: Earl, you got that in some spots. Uh, you know, if, if you look at receiver, Mark Pope's not on the depth chart yet. He was a five-star kid last year. Uh, Lorenzo Lingard, another five-star kid, is not on the depth chart yet. He's probably 15 right now. So, you're, you know, you're starting to see that in certain places, and that shows yeah. you the progress that the, that the program's making. But what you're not seeing it is up front, and that's the difference between – Miami right now and the Alabamas of the world, you know, they have a stable of linemen on both sides of the ball that they're properly developing, and you know, that's why, yeah, but that, that's that's why come. They, they've separated themselves. Yeah, of course, you're hoping it comes, absolutely. I don't think there's any hoping. I think that is going to come.
9: I don't think, you know, Last year the linemen, like you mentioned on, on our, on our um, second team, is three, we have three true freshmen on our team. Now yep. imagine now on the third team we have a player like um what's his name that came from American heritage I can't think of his name right now That's he was a four star recruit So no, and I'm talking about on the officer line on the officer line oh um,
2: um
9: or, uh Kylian he Herbert Kylian Herbert so and, and we have some talent as far as on paper don't don't get it twisted on paper when you're talking about the officer linemen that we have on the two and three we have talent on paper
2: you know as far as and, what we recruit. and by the way he's not on the depth chart yet either. Just, just the you know, exactly. So, That's, so I think that the point you were making earlier, you're starting to see that. You're starting to see kids that were decently regarded recruits that aren't just walking onto campus and making the two deep. Exactly.
9: Now, one more thing. One more thing, and I'm and I'm, I'm gonna let um you um get somebody else on the line. Um, uh, Malik was here. I wish you would stop, stop, stop. You know, bad mouthing this man. I, I yes, he played poorly in some games, um, but the man. I another fan. Another fan mentioned earlier. He has that it factor, and that man is. I think he's tough as nails, and I think uh, you 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 usually see a jump, in a quarterback's second year, and that's what I expect from Malik from Malik this year. I think he's going to surprise some folks. Now, maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't, then okay, then we can go ahead and and, and, and chop his head off. But right now, I think we got to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let you know, I think Mark Wood knows what he's doing. I think Malik Wazir knows what he's doing. If he could just be a little bit more consistent, that's all we ask from him. If he could be a little bit more consistent and not turn the ball over and things of that nature, and get the ball to the right receiver and tight end, if he could do that, we are gonna have a really, really good year, really good year. Because I believe I don't think it's the offensive line or the defensive line. To be honest with you, if Malik Wazir can be consistent. We will be really good. And no that's doubt. all I have to say.
2: All right, Earl. Hey, great, uh, great talking to you again. I'm uh, glad. Thank you for being part of the show. And uh, give us a call next week. We'll talk about the game.
9: All right. No problem. Keep.
2: All right. 563-999-3633. 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 941. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hi, Gary. It's Mikester Kane from Port Charlotte.
2: Mike Mikester, how are you, buddy?
10: Hey, very good. All, how you doing? I missed all you
2: guys all summer. I, you know, I,
10: yeah, I missed you
2: too. My, my God, Tuesday God, nights God, haven't been the same.
10: Uh, neither of mine <laughs> been practicing <laughs> with my band. so But we got the night off, so here I am. So, anyway, here's what I got for you. A um, couple questions for you. In your opinion, Backup quarterback, who do you think is the better of the two? Nikosa Perry or Cade Weldon?
2: I mean, raw talent, Nicosi. But there's more to playing quarterback than, than, than raw talent. I, I think right now Nicosi is the number two. I, I mean, he's been lining up number two the whole fall. Um, but I think Cade Weldon has had a great fall camp, and he's, um, he's pushing them. And uh, Jaron Williams might have more talent than both of them, but uh, as a as a passer, but he's still learning. You know, he's a true freshman. He's still learning mm-hmm. what to do in the playbook, and he's not he's not close right now to competing to be the guy, I mean, I think he will be by spring practice, but uh, you know, so right now, he's behind those those two, I think you're, you're going to see Cade Weldon and Nicosi start the season here as kind of like co number twos and uh, obviously, Mark Richt will know in his mind who he's going to put in the game first but, he didn't want to talk about it today Right, right,
10: gotcha,
2: gotcha uh,
10: Number two How do you think the offensive line is holding up? I've been in the dark, out of the loop, so
2: well, they only lost one guy to injury, and that's uh, George Brown, who you know would have been a second team tackle. Uh, you're, you're, they're holding up. I mean, you got three freshmen on the second team. I mean, that's not a great thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Um, they're happy with the way the first team's been doing in practice. Uh, Hayden, Hayden Mahoney coming into fall camp was the one guy earmarked as a starter going in that that I think the coaches had doubts about like they, they really didn't know if, if, if Hayden could hold up as a starter. And I think that they were thinking with bull coming in as as a transfer that he would push Hayden up to be the starter. And, and they were open-minded about it. Let's put it that way. Hayden's had a good fall Uh camp and and he's earned the trust of the coaches. They feel good about him now. So he'll be out there, um, with the first team line, uh, Jaher Jones, same thing, had a great, you know, I'm not, maybe I shouldn't use the word great, but he had a very good spring, uh, earned the trust and, and confidence of the coaches. So combined with, you know, Gauthier who should be one of the better centers in the country this year. And, um, you know, Navon, who's just an absolute, wait till you see this kid. <laughs> I mean, he's lost weight. He's muscled up. I mean, he, he looks really? like what you would want your Miami offensive line to look like. Um, And, and Tyree is very confident about his adjustment to left tackle. So they, they feel pretty good about what's going on up there, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's the position of strength on the football team. I think we all know that that's, you know, one area on offense where they're challenged a little bit and uh, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they stay healthy the whole year and they can play predominantly with those five guys and work the freshmen in when they get a chance to get some experience. Um, but you know hopefully it, it it'll work out okay, oh cool, cool,
10: oh, by the way, I like the music, I had no trouble with it, I liked it, so <laughs> i mean your your intro there,
2: yeah, well <laughs> you're gonna show the world like well, what better what better song is there there for opening night with what's going on right now
10: right, exactly, that's cool, oh uh, and in your opinion. How far away do you think this team is from playoff contention, like ACC champs, uh, national champs, recruiting-wise?
2: I think it's very close. I, I, I think if they have the kind of season this year that I think they can have, I think it'll springboard them to the next level uh, recruiting. They're off to a great start in 2020. 2019, you know, they're like two-thirds of the way done. I think they're going to finish strong in, 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 this year. Um Will it be as good as the 2018 class? I don't know, but, you know, we'll see. But um, I think, you know, they'll have an okay recruiting class this year, and I think they're, they're positioned to do really, really well in 2020. And uh, if they win this year, like like a lot of us think they will, I, I think that'll springboard them.
10: You think they'll finish in the top 10 in 2019
2: for recruiting-wise? Yeah, I do. I, 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 yeah, I think they'll close strong. Okay, cool, cool.
10: All right. Well, great, Gary. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go. Uh, let some other guys get on the line here. You know, a lot of fans have been really, really excited and uh, really just babbling on and I got to put my daughter to bed, so I'll talk to you next week. All right. You take no, care of hey, the game and uh...
2: thank you as always for for being part of the show. Let's go out to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
6: What's up, Gary? It's D Black.
2: Hey, what's up, D Black? What you got for us? Good to hear your voice again
6: uh, Not much man. Hey, same, man Same How was your summer?
2: It was great No beefs How about you?
6: Uh, it was cool It was really cool It was, it was productive Like you, no know, beef You know Um.
2: You live in Texas, uh, don't you?
6: No, I live you in live Maryland You live in
2: Texas, right? Where? No, I live in Maryland I live oh, in, okay. Maryland. I thought you lived in I thought you lived in Texas So go ahead What you got tonight? Go ahead
6: No, nah, I live in Maryland, you know I just saw Damascus came down there and got they got their heads rocked by St. Thomas Aquinas, thirty-eight nothing. But um, I mean, I'm looking forward to this game on Sunday. This game it, it it's, it's pivotal. This game is pivotal right here. You know what I'm saying? This game is gonna set the tone for the season. You know what I'm saying? And I really think that the, the coaches and the players. Really got something to prove, not just to themselves, but to the to the nation. And I really think we're gonna come out here and gonna show and prove and put 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 forth a great showing and come out of here with a, with a victory. Um, I agree with what you're saying about the D line and the O line, you know. But you know, we got to keep trying to coach them up, keep trying to develop the other players that on the two and three deep, you know, just to build depth. Um. Recruiting, that's going to take care of itself. If we win, the players are going to come. Some of them are going to come. We can't get them all, but the ones that we're targeting and we're putting hard work in, as long as we're doing our job on the field, recruiting to take care of itself. Um, Malik was there. Everything I've been reading from from the board, from yourself and Mark Rick has been good. Um, and We also got to take into account, like the last – what would we say, maybe four games of the season. Since the North Carolina game, he was he was playing with a shoulder injury, wasn't he?
3: Mm-hmm. He,
6: he was playing with a shoulder injury. So. Yep.
2: We look, we we But know look, everybody as, gets as as banged up in football. We're not gonna we're not gonna use that as an excuse.
6: No, nah, but now, dear, I am gonna use an excuse. As a quarterback, if your shoulder's banged up, you gotta throw the ball, right? You see what? Look, you see, look, Andrew Luck didn't play at all last year because of a shoulder injury. So I'm not using it as an excuse. That's just the nature of the business. It is what it is. If you're a quarterback and you're just throwing on with your shoulders hurt, it's gonna it's gonna affect you somewhat. It's not like a running back. You know what I'm saying? Not like a running back to have a banged up shoulder like Emmitt Smith did against the Giants, and he still bust them for like 150 yards. You know what I'm saying? So like if a running back has a bad ankle like Mark Walton did, he's out for the season. So it's not an excuse. It's just something that was he was ailing with that messed up his accuracy and things of that nature. But as a whole we didn't you know, we didn't play well. We didn't have his weapons. We say that. That's an excuse. We say he didn't have his weapons. That's an excuse. So it's the same thing. Now he's healthy. You know, he's he's more seasoned. He's becoming more of a leader. Like he stated. Let's go out here Sunday night, national T V like one of the other brothers said, only game, only game on. Let's put a show on for America. Let's show them what Miami do when we prime time and go out here and put foot to tail and come out here with a victory. Um, I probably have more next week once after the game is over that I can critique certain things. But right now, I'm just so ready for football to start. It's it's ridiculous. So yeah, you, know, you, you, that's all you and all of us, d Black, right. So that's all I got for you tonight. Keep me on hold. I'm right, shout out to uh, TJ. I'll highlight
2: at you in a minute. L- looking care. forward to hearing from you next week and seeing what you think about the game Sunday. Thanks for calling in. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number. 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And now it's time for a new segment on Cane Sport Live this year. We're going to call it the Sicilian Oven Point Counterpoint. And, and each week I'll be joined by the answer man, Bruce Warner, who's done Cane's shows with me off and on for a few decades now. And I'm going to call him the unofficial brand ambassador for Sicilian Oven Restaurants because, quite frankly, he introduced me to Sicilian Oven. We went there for lunch the other day, and I was like, wow. You know, this food is just unbelievable. And by the time I left the restaurant, Sicilian Oven was sponsoring Cane Sport Live this year. And, um, you know, we thank Ralph DeSalvo for that. And um, really, I mean, I I wouldn't even think about having them as a presenting sponsor of the show if I didn't feel so passionately about the food that they're putting out. And I I really mean it when I say it's spectacular. But um, Bruce Warner, when his wife can't find them at home, she knows to go look for him at Sicilian Oven, and um, she'll always find him sitting there eating chicken parm or shrimp over pasta. Uh, I know we, we had lunch the other day, and he, he had pizza and wings. I've never seen Bruce eat so much. And uh, he insisted to me that he even eats a salad every now and then. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I believe him on that one. But, uh, you know, so um, we're going to bring him on here. I'm looking for him in the queue. I know I know he's here somewhere. And, um, and then we're also going to be joined tonight by a former Kane, Anthony Hambone Hamlet, who is really, really, really doing some special things in his life. He's, uh, he started a career in education and has risen to be the superintendent of schools in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, that's absolutely amazing. So um, let me get him on the line here. Bruce, are you with us?
0: I'm here. What's up, Gary? Thanks for the Doing intro. Doing
2: good. Doing good, Answer Man, and now I now I got to I got to find you liked a hand that bone. food, Didn't you? Oh my god. I mean, like <laughs> I'm not bullshit. I I thought it was unbelievable. I'd, you know, gone to so many other places through the years and uh and was uh was very impressed. So, uh I'll keep on the lookout for Anthony. I don't I don't see him in the queue yet, but he, said, um, he
0: says he's on. Maybe he has to press 1.
2: No, no, I would see him anyway, but, um, you know, I'll keep looking for I him. I gave you his number. Yeah, I'll keep looking for him. But, no, he has to call into right. us, but uh, I'll keep looking for him. But uh, well, let's get started. Um, you know, our point, counterpoint subject tonight is how massive this game is for the Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, I said earlier in the show, uh, obviously opening the season with LSU is on face value as big as it gets. But then you add the fact that Miami is coming off a three-game losing streak and has had to sit there and simmer with that for eight months through all the grinding of the summer and all the workouts with Gus Felder. And by the way, guys, this football team looks really, really good. And uh, we might as well give a a shout-out to Big Gus right now because the job that they're doing in strength and conditioning, the job that they're doing in nutrition, which is a new area of the program that that was taken to a, a whole nother level when Mark Rick became coach and, and the university increased their commitment to this Miami football program and, and, and decided that they were going to do it right after decades of having greatness while cutting corners and uh, this football team looks really good physically. So, but this game, because of all these factors, Bruce couldn't be bigger.
0: Well, There's been a few big games over the
2: last four,
0: five, six, seven years, and it seems like Miami has not come out on on top in any of these games. They've had chances, you know, when they played Louisville, and they played Louisville in the bowl game, they got blown out, and then seven months later they had a shot at Louisville again when Golden was the coach, and they got blown out again. So there has not been a lot of the progress that we're now seeing with the prior coaches that we see with Mark Rick. Still, as you mentioned in the first hour and all the callers, hit all these nails on the head about the offensive line, about the depth, about Rozier, um, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think it's a big game because coming off the three losses and this mystique about is the U back, if they lose on Sunday, I don't know how you could say that for the rest of the season. I I just don't see where you're going to get any of the accolades that this team could get if they go out on Sunday and beat LSU.
2: Yeah, I mean, no, no argument, and uh, I think they will beat LSU. But and I felt real confident about it. I, I, I thought, it, I, I mean, every somebody asked me during the week what my score prediction for this game was, and I, and I threw, I think I threw out 31 to 14 Miami, and then I was talking to one of the LSU insiders today that's uh, going to do some stuff with us here as the week goes on, and uh, I, 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 you know, we started talking about LSU, and here, let me – I'm going to pull it up here, and, and I can just uh, – I'll just tell you what he said. I mean, he, he, he basically said that this is the deepest – and this is his exact word – the deepest and most talented defensive unit that LSU has entered the season with since 2011, and that defense featured 10 NFL draft picks each of which played a significant role in a 13-1 season. He says that LSU is going to have, of their 11 starting defensive players that they put on the field Sunday in Dallas, that 7 to 10 of them will be drafted in the National Football League. And uh, so I don't know if he's right or wrong, but you know this is a guy that lives and breathes LSU football every day the way we, we live and breathe hurricanes. And uh, he feels pretty good about their defense. So I, I, I'm still hopeful that... With all the weapons Miami has an offense that um, that they can put on a good show on, on Sunday, well, I that, think that that's they're
0: the, going to try. That's the point, Gary. Who, well, who are they practicing against? What's, what's LSU's offense going to look like this year that they're saying these things? I don't know. You know, yeah, I'm, but, I'm, I'm, when Hambone gets on the phone, I want to ask him about this. We've seen this for the last month on Cane Sport, the ones versus the twos and our one defense playing against Nikosi Perry and the two offense. Well what does that show? And what is what is Rosier going against the two defense? What does that show me? I mean when these guys played, every one that we're gonna have every week that I get on the show, they're gonna tell you the same thing. They went against the ones all the time. And that's what made them so tough because when it came to game time, you've heard this phrase before, the games were easier than the practices. That's where they got this from. Well, I'm concerned about this with Rick. I mean, I do have concerns. I have concerns about whether Rozier is really improved and playing against the twos, which we've talked about the depth chart, or had he gone against the ones, what we would have seen and then come Sunday when they're playing against LSU's defense. I mean, that's my concern for this weekend.
2: All right. I mentioned, um, that Hambone, Anthony Hamlet was going to be joining us for this segment and he is now on the line and, uh, Anthony, I was talking before before we um, found you and got you here on uh, with us that uh, man, what you have accomplished since you finished your career is just unbelievable. And and as you know, somebody that also is a Miami alum that that obviously has had um, has followed so many Canes in the. I, I think I'm now on 38 years of covering the yeah. program. Uh, for you yeah. to go do what you're, what you're doing is, 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 is really something. And, and I talked about it a minute ago, how you went into education and um, you went through the, the ranks in Palm beach assistant principal, yeah. principal, principal district administrator, yeah. and, and then Pittsburgh mm-hmm. comes in and, and hires you to be their superintendent of, of the Pittsburgh public school system. And, uh, just an amazing yeah. job and an amazing job and uh welcome to the people show this is where we we gather every tuesday Thank night you the, fans, the, the fan base anthony we got and you're welcome to join us any week we got we got guys from all over the country here um you know mm-hmm. several thousand canes fans are part of the show every tuesday night and uh we're all here to have a little summit meeting and um, glad you could be a part of it yeah. and i imagine like so many of the football alumni that you're excited for this season
8: Listen, I, I am extremely excited. And uh, first and foremost, I want to thank Bruce Warner and yourself for inviting me on the show to talk about some things football. It's time for us to get back to where we used to be, winning championships. All right? Anthony, so, um, what's it been like?
2: Football. Yeah. What's it been like as an alumnus? I mean, you guys obviously. You know, give your heart and soul to the football program as players, and and then you know you go off and, and pursue your different um, areas of excellence in in your lives. And, you know, Claude, Claude Jones is a doctor. I mean, you could go on and on about so many of the success stories of Hurricane football alumni. But at the end of the day, you you know, you're a football player, okay? And and yeah. and, and I'm yeah. sure Saturday comes and and all the problems that you got keeping all the the Pittsburgh public schools running properly are, you know, put to the side and you're watching the Canes. And what's it been like to go through this period where the program has struggled and now see it coming back?
8: Um, you know, you know, you know it's, been, it's been hard. But but understanding some of the context that um, our school has been, uh, context of school that our school has been under and some of the adversity we had to go through, it's a uh, testament to our focus, our commitment to um, all the, um, teams who came before us and all the games who are there now to really stay committed and focused to what we can get back to being, which is those championship and teams. But um, making sure we understand that we are champions. That's our focus. So, you know, now we're in the ACC. In the past, we were independent. So our championship, national championship, was our conference championship. So we want to get back to that mentality. We know we're in the ACC, but we want to strive to be the best, to be national champions on a regular basis. And I think if we lead and uh, work from that um, standpoint, we'll definitely be back in the fourth one and in the top five every year. moving forward.
2: Anthony, we've been talking defensive line. It, a lot in the first hour of the show and the Canes are in a little bit of a tough spot they're they're, they're thin attack um we got great defensive ends they're, you know you're going to you're going to see these guys get after the passer from the outside but on the interior they're a little light they had uh, Norton and McIntosh leave for the NFL um that's left them with Gerald Willis who's a fifth year kid who hasn't really done much in his career he's looking great they they think he's going to be a borderline superstar but he's in his fifth year of college football, and he's never done anything yet. So that's, you know, still a little bit of a precarious yeah. situation. And they don't have a, a lot of season depth next to him and around him. How difficult is it for young defensive linemen to come into college football and and be ready in their first year, even their second year?
8: Um, I would say it's very difficult, especially this day and age where – um, these guys are huge, some of them on the defensive line, the offensive line, these guys are huge. But back in the day, Jimmy Johnson brought in guys, for instance, me, I played uh, offensive of defensive tackle and linebacker, but I was 180 pounds, but ran a 4 5 So when you look at this thing now, you have to have that size, speed, and agility um, to come into the um, college ranks and be ready to play. But also, it's the speed of the game, it's the mentality of the game, and it's understanding the plays. Because what you want to do, you don't want to just understand what's going on on the defensive front. You want to understand schemes, so you really understand the plays that are coming your way and anticipate some things and cause some disruption in the backfield. So that, that's really the focus of where we, where we hopefully want our defensive line to go. Because so goes your defensive line, so goes your national championship hopes. The defensive line, I've always said, sets the tone for a championship run or not. You have to have that a uh, defensive front rushing the passer on a regular basis. Being in the backfield on a regular basis, causing mayhem and havoc to make sure you free up the linebackers, the flow, mid tackles in the backfield, not close out.
0: And and Hambone, they're comparing these three linebackers now with the three linebackers that you had. Uh, you know, with Darren Ooh. and and and, uh,
11: and right. Michael
0: and Jesse. So it's very Great. similar. So it's a very similar process. Yeah. Now, I, I do want to ask you about something that you may have heard. And I was talking to Gary before. Uh, Coach Rick, uh, yeah. and I'm not trying to stir the pot, but Coach, Coach Rick was, plays the one offense against the two Ds and the one D against the two offense. You guys went ones against ones. I, I'm sure Gary might have been there. We were there the first year when Dennis got there. And I don't even think the offense could move the ball on you. and Then they went up to Wisconsin and scored 51 points. So talk about the concept of the ones versus the ones, and do you think this is not exactly what they should be doing?
8: Well, well, well I do want to, I want to say this first. I want to respect Coach Rick and what he's doing. He's an experienced coach. Um, he has some championship teams when it comes to conference championships and things of that nature. So he definitely knows what he's doing. But from our, my experience and what we've gone through, um, Ones against ones is how you get better And how you're making sure that You're competing at the highest levels Every day in practice Ones against ones Twos against twos And very rarely, every once in a while We would play ones against twos But on a regular basis, it was ones against ones It was no hold thing. We're going to find out Sunday out, Getting better We're going yeah, to find out Sunday Yeah, yeah, so we'll see how that plays out But you know, from my experience, that's what I've um, excelled at. It's saw other players excel at, getting better, going with the one-on-ones uh, every day. In practice, full pads. So we didn't, um, not saying Coach Nick does, but we didn't go um, half pads or just shoulder pads. We went full pads all week.
2: Well, I think, you know, I think so they do just, do some one-on-one work in practice. I think, I think what they've done is in the scrimmages, they've gone one-versus-twos. And just in trying to, figure, just to trying to think about why he's doing it that way, I, I, I think he doesn't want a beaten-up football team. I think he's, he's trying to build confidence. He wants them to go to Dallas with a lot of swagger and confidence. And if, if that is his true agenda then he's accomplished that because this team is confident. Like, they, they're, they're feeling really good about themselves.
8: Yeah. You know, I'm sure he, he has him he in an awesome place, an awesome place. And he's just a different experience. Again, Coach Rick is an excellent coach. He has great experience, and uh, he knows what he's doing, and I'm sure they're going to come out on top. But so just the difference in the experiences that we're talking about in playing, you know, having one-on-ones go against each other on a regular basis, which um, is, is different for Coach Rick. So I would ask the question is that, so now they never go one on one. They always go one, one-on-twos, and et cetera. In scrimmages.
2: In scrimmages, yeah. This okay. fall. Okay. This fall, yeah. Yes.
8: Yeah. Um, so we, 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 we could take it from the case that, you know, and I would say it's hard because our one, one and twos when it came to defensive line, we were rotation. So we had a, a, a eight-man rotation coming in. So, like, and I'll be an example. Jimmy, um, Jimmy Jones, Shane Curry, those guys were, in essence, if you had to say, second-team guys, right? But they can be easily first-team guys. So we had this rotation that was deep, and we kept a fresh rotation of defensive linemen, so we were coming up the field causing havoc on a regular basis.
2: Well, Hambum, I did a little research on you, and I, I want to brag about you for a, a second here, because you, without question, are accomplishing just phenomenal things up there in Pittsburgh, and um, they they give you credit you. for for transforming the learning environment of at dozens of urban and suburban schools up there. Um, you, you've got more administrators working directly with principals and students with special needs. You're, you rerouted the school yeah. bus routes to to help kids get get you know the, the most vulnerable kids in Pittsburgh get to school better. Yeah. Um, just on and on and on. You've done phenomenal things with the with the curriculum up there in Pittsburgh and, and they yes. love you. I mean they, they you know they they, <laughs> they 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 think you're a phenomenal superintendent. So congratulations on the Max man, on, on everything you. you're accomplishing. And are you gonna get to a game this year? Listen, He's coming. I
8: I was just having this conversation a couple of days ago saying I'm gonna actually to get to two games this year. Definitely telling the homecoming. And I'm gonna pick another game to go to in Miami. But I'm also thinking about going to a few games on the road as well. So I've been long overdue. I only got to um, actually one game last year, and I'm still upset about it. So I stayed up here in Pittsburgh for Thanksgiving because we were playing Pittsburgh on that weekend, and we came in and we lost the game, right? So I definitely want to go down, probably go down and see University of Miami defeat Pitt. You know, in, in not the horseshoe. My my apologies in the um the stadium. Um, in the new stadium, so um, that's definitely on one of the games on my list right now, and go down to University of Miami-Pittsburgh. I got to see that game, and Miami get revenge against Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, that must have been pretty tough (laughs) for you (laughs) up there in Pittsburgh with (laughs) what went on back in November. Yeah. Yes, I got it real good for a long time.
8: Still
0: getting. (laughs) Yeah, well, you also invited Claude and me to go, and we had our plane tickets, and then I said, no, 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 I'm not going to go. Thank God I didn't sit in the suite with you. I know. All right, anyway, listen, yeah. you know, you um, and I kid around a lot for a long, long time, but yeah. I, I'm proud of you, my friend, and, uh, you're, and
2: you're the Thank best, you. and I'll see you when you get down here. Anthony, hey, thanks so much it, for being part of the show, and, and and you come back anytime you want.
8: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. Keep up the
2: good work. That's Anthony okay. Hambone Hamlet, the superintendent of schools. In Pittsburgh, and uh, man, that's something else. I mean, and uh, it was great. He, I thought he gave us some great perspective. So, Bruce, um, as we wind down the Sicilian o- oven uh, segment, any closing thoughts?
0: Yeah, you know, I I texted you before. I was thinking thirty four seventeen the last couple of weeks, just like you. But the closer we get to Sunday, the more nervous I get. So, I, I think Miami's. This is just what I think. I think they're going to come out, and they're not going to run the ball. I think they're going to spread. LSU around, and if they can get some quick hits and move the ball and get down there and score early to open up the run, I think Miami's going to win. I'm picking Miami 24-20. to 20.
2: All right, all good. So, listen, Sicilian Oven closes at 10, okay? And I know you want to go grab a late-night snack. So uh, what are you going <laughs> to eat tonight?
1: No, I already ate there.
0: I had dinner there.
2: Oh, okay. But I'm probably gonna, I,
0: I may have to go back and get Debbie something. That's where the salad comes in. She's the salad eater, not me. By the way, they're going to be, their game is going to be on there on Sunday if anybody wants to go to Sicilian Oven. If you want to go to the Aventura one, I'm going to be there. And once the restaurant closes, it's still staying open for the Canes fans.
2: Well, the, I mean, I talked about it earlier in the show, the, the wood-fired pizza that they make. They make it with fresh dough, imported Italian tomatoes. Grande mozzarella, Locatelli Romano cheese, I mean, no additives, just like an old country pizza. It's really, really good. They have great lunch specials. If anybody needs a place to go to lunch during the week when they're getting away from work for a little bit, they have a full portfolio of personal pizzas, salads, all kinds of pastas, panetta sandwiches. Um, Philly steak, salad. So whatever you want, they have at Sicilian Oven. And um, I thank them so much for being part of Kane Sport Live this year. You'll be hearing a lot about them as as we go forward. And, Bruce, uh, thank you also for being part of the show tonight. And uh, we'll check in with you next week with another former Kane and uh, yep. see how the Every week, do another in, former in Kane in Dallas. All right, Bruce. All right, buddy. Uh, great
0: great yeah, show. I'll talk for, to you thank, soon.
2: Thanks. Thank you for being part of it. The Answer Man, Bruce Warner. And um, now we're going to get back to your calls. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633 is the number, you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show, and uh, let's go out now to the, let's go to the 305, you are now live on Kane Sport Live, how are you doing this evening?
12: Good, how are you doing today, man?
2: Doing great, who's this?
1: This is uh NBA six Kane.
12: What's going
2: on, man? How was your off season?
12: Oh, I was pretty good, man. Um paying pretty close attention living here in South Florida to the team and uh we look we look to be pretty good. I'm pretty excited about it.
2: So what you got for us um, tonight? I wanted to ask
12: you, um, talk to me about uh, Nesta Silvera. I think that we're kinda of overlooking him a little bit. Um, I saw on the depth chart that Odanigbo was the uh, second string player, but I think that Nesta is going to come back and, and play pretty well for us. What are your thoughts?
2: Well, the kid's got a lot of talent, but let's remember he's a true freshman at the beginning of his freshman year. He's got to learn what to do. He's got to learn how to be a disciplined college football player. He's got to he's got to know the playbook. He's got he's got a you know th- th- everything's racing for that kid right now. Uh, he's got to conduct himself professionally even though he's a kid you know he, he he's he's being held to a standard of excellence uh, on and off the field that quite frankly he's probably never been held to uh, through his through the years I mean he kind of ran kind of ran stuff at American Heritage quite honestly <laughs> you know he he was the man on big man on campus literally and figuratively and so like, you know, I think you got to give kids like this a little bit of a break. You heard Anthony Hamlet just talk about how hard it is for a freshman, and um, to expect a true freshman to come in and and be a a front line uh, player that you're counting on and in, in his in, at the beginning of his freshman year. I don't care how good he is, that's that's kind of uh, tough to to ask of a kid. So I think Ness is going to be a good player if he if he keeps his head on straight and and keeps doing the right things and, and he's got an enormous amount of talent I think they will work him in unquestionably this year uh probably as, as soon as as Sunday but I don't think you're going to see him out there at the beginning of the game you know or you know late in the game when you're gonna you know put your best foot forward and I, I think that that's gonna you know obviously be uh, Gerald Willis and um and Bethel
12: Nice. So I'm hoping the best for the uh, the D tackles. If, if you remember a couple of years ago, the same um, sentiment um, was said about our defensive backs going into last year. And you remember they outperformed. So you never know what can happen until the season starts, I guess. No doubt. So you got um, anything else for us? I also want to, yeah, one more thing. So i want to ask you about uh, special teams. Um, I saw that um, essentially Travis Homer and, uh, DJ Dallas were, you know, prepared to uh, play a little bit there. I think, I think it just demonstrates that we're pull, pulling out our, our guns for uh, special teams. And I was also interested to see that Mark Pope didn't crack the lineup there. Um, you know, what are, you, what are your thoughts about our return game this year and how it's going to be different than last year?
2: I think you, I think they're building the return game right now mostly – around Jeff Thomas and DJ Dallas. I, I think that those are going to be your primary returners. I, I, I got to believe they don't want to use Travis Homer in, in that role as a return guy on kickoffs. Um, I don't, I think with all the talent, skill talent that they have on the team, that that probably shouldn't be necessary. Um, uh, you know, I, I would let Travis as good of a special teams player as he is focus predominantly on offense. I mean, you might see him on one special team cause he's just so good at it. And, um, coaches it's going to be tough for them to resist putting them out there but uh you know i would let him take the the bulk of his licks as as a as a running back that's just my opinion we'll see sunday what they actually end up doing but i think you're going to see thomas and dj handle the bulk of the kickoff and punt return duties
12: nice nice um Sounds like, uh, Joaquin Johnson's prepared for a big time season. Do you think he has the upside of like an Ed Reed or one of our other safeties you've had in the past? Uh,
2: Jaquan, um, you know, I'm not going to say he has the upside of Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, and uh, Kenny Phillips, those guys that were high draft picks, just because of his, of his size. He, he, he's, he's a cornerback size wise. He's not a safety size wise, but, uh, They've played him at safety out of necessity, and he's obviously done very well there. He's become a very good college football player. He's a first-team All-American going into the season and uh, had more wore the turnover chain more last year than anybody else on defense. And so he's obviously around the ball a lot and, and makes a lot of plays. So he should have a great season, uh, but I'm not going to put that type of tag on him at this point. Just not Not because he's not a very good player, but because... He, he just, he's not physically equipped the way Ed Reed and Sean Taylor and, those, and even Kenny Phillips and those guys were.
12: I did like his uh, leadership, pulling Malik Rozier's side and, and just talking to him a little bit before the game, making sure that everybody's
2: ready as a team captain. I thought that was a pretty good demonstration of leadership. No doubt. And 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 you've heard me say it, if you've, been, if you've been listening since the beginning of the show, this team has amazing chemistry. And, and they're really in a good place as they get ready to get on the plane and go to Dallas. And uh, we don't know how it's going to turn out for them Sunday. Obviously, we all hope it's really, really good. But I can't tell you how impressed I am with how this team has gone about their business in the offseason, how they've bonded with each other, the chemistry, the coaching staff, everybody's on the same page, moving in one direction. And that's a tribute to the leadership of Mark Richt and the type of program that he's established here. Nice. And, and, and last thing I wanted to
12: say is, what do you think the ratio is going to be from Cairns to LSU fans at the stadium? And what's your prediction on turnovers what type of atmosphere do you think you're, we're going to be able to expect to experience if we get a turnover at, at a big moment of the game?
2: Well, I, I, I think you got to plan on at least fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 LSU fans for starters. It's a hundred thousand seat stadium. I think you've got to figure about another 25,000 from Dallas probably bought tickets for the game and are, are going to be somewhat neutral. And then I think, I, I think you'll have, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 Miami fans there who, um, come from different places and, and, and stuff. So, you know, I, I think you got to hope you have about 15,000 Miami fans there and uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I it's going to be more like a road game than a home game for sure. Uh, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere for football. And I, you know, I know I'm looking forward to it.
12: Nice. Nice. Hopefully FSU can take care of business and we'll have a good home crowd for October the 6th. I hate saying it, but I'm kind of rooting for that a little bit, but uh, thanks so much for your time. Uh, have a great rest of the Anytime, show. Anytime,
2: Thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again uh, next week and down the road. All right, 563-999-3633 is the number, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 706. You're live on Cane Sport Live.
5: What's up, Gary? How are you doing? This is your boy, Sebastian, man. How was your
8: summer? Hey,
2: what's up, Sebastian? Welcome back.
5: Hey, man,
8: I'm glad to be back, Gary. I'm pumped, man. I'll be in Dallas, man. I'm flying out Saturday morning, me and the kids. We're going to make it to a Hurricanes game. We want to, we're want we really excited about this team, and uh, I need to get some insight from you because I'm just ready to come out my own skin. I can't even wait. I don't even want to go to work the next couple of days. I'm so excited to go <laughs> get to this game. <clears throat> go so,
2: ahead. What uh, do you
8: want to know? So, I, I – so what I want to know is I want to know, talk to me about some breakout players. In other words, some players that you feel a year, two years, or maybe a freshman uh, that's kind of coming on, that you really feel that we're probably not talking about right now, but probably really, really due for a breakout, just from the way they've developed right, over let me, the spring, over the summer. So I'll let you talk about that. So yeah, I can Let me don't um, take them too let much me, time, the, but I want I to insight the, on that
2: the best way to do that I think is I'm just going to go down the depth chart and um, you know, you know, the situation at quarterback at running back, you saw him come on late last year. I think he's put in the work in the off season and he's going to have a great year, year this year. And that's DJ Dallas as the backup running back to Travis Homer. I'm expecting big things from him this year Um, at the receiver position. uh, I think Jeff Thomas should have a, Phenomenal bust out year this year. Even you know you saw some good things from him as a true freshman. I think he should take it to the next level this year. Um, a young kid that showed us a lot in the spring game, who's running behind Lawrence Cager right now, is Brian Hightower. I think he has the chance in his first year to really be a breakout kind of guy. Um, just brings size and speed and athleticism to that position. Uh, I, I think Cager has every reason to have a great season this year, but I think Hightower will get plenty of reps and opportunities also. Um, That tight end Brevin Jordan to be starting as a true freshman. Game one is a great accomplishment for him. I think he's going to do very well once, you know, he he may have some rough moments early. I wouldn't be surprised. You you remember when Jimmy Graham played for the first time at tight end for the hurricanes and the Canes were on the, remember when the Canes, yeah. Yeah. Remember that game at Virginia tech, and yeah, he dropped, he those, dropped that two third big, down those two, yeah, those two big passes. And and remember when yeah. Clinton Portis was a young running back, and he left the ball on the ground twice at Virginia Tech in his first big road yeah. game. And that you know, at Virginia Tech, I mean, some of these young kids, they're gonna have times. Where things don't go perfectly for them But you know Brevin Jordan The tight end is, is one I would watch out for I still think Will Mallory is the back, As a backup tight end Could also have a great season I really like what I see of that kid um, On the O-line In terms of breakout guys um, I would look at uh, DJ Scaife The true freshman who's going to be backing up At tackle and guard He's going to get a lot of playing time this year I, I think you got to hope that he comes along uh, Very quickly Um, defensive end. I don't need to tell you about Garvin. I hope you already know about Greg Russo, the freshman who's uh, just an absolute freak. I mean, this kid reminds me of Calais Campbell and they're really doing a great job of developing his strength and, and size and, and, I mean, this kid takes two steps and he's at the quarterback, and 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 he, he's too good to leave off the field. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they use Joe Jackson, John Garvin, and Greg Russo. I gotta believe that there's going to be times when Manny Diaz, in passing situations, wants all three on the field, maybe with Demetrius Jackson. So uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes and 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 what Manny's able to draw up there. Um, don't really have anything to say about anybody right now. A tackle, you know, we've talked about it all night. That's a challenge spot on the team. A guy that has been to me one of the surprises on this team, and he's, I he's a I junior. I think who you
6: going, going to talk
2: about. Well, I'm going to talk about Romeo Finley. I know uh, that's it, exactly what I was going
8: to say. I was going to ask you about him. He as, as has as as not played places. a ton.
2: He's been a kind of like an average player, but, you know, they threw him into this striker role and he's been competing with Derek Smith there. And, uh, you know, right now he's, he's, he's the guy that would go out there first. And, and I, I believe a lot in Derek Smith. I think Derek Smith's a heck heck of a player. So that tells you what kind of fall camp that Romeo had and, and, and you know, he's doing incredibly well. So I would throw him out there as a guy that's kind of coming from the shadows a little bit and should have a really good season um, I know that the coaches like what they're seeing from these young linebackers that they, they got to start developing and getting ready. Cause you don't know if, if Shaq or Pinkney are going to go pro after this year, you know, you just never know. You hope they don't, but uh, they got to start getting the next generation ready to go. And um, you know, that obviously is uh, Wayne and Steed and Bradley Jennings. Um, I think, you, you know, you're going to see them play a little bit more this year. So, um, I would say that's probably the guys that I would point to right now uh Amari Carter how about, how about maybe at, at safety. Gervin Hall's doing very well. He's just not ahead of just not just not there yet. He's a he's a freshman. They've got a lot of depth at that position. Um obviously they're starting two seniors this year. I think it'll be next year. When you see Gervin Hall really make his move forward, I think Amari Carter's probably a little bit ahead of him right now. And also Robert Knowles had a really good fall camp and is running second team behind Redwine. But I do think you'll see Gervin Hall play some this year, and I think he'll make his big move in year two next year.
8: Okay. Hey, Gary, let me talk about some things. I appreciate you for kind of giving me a rundown on this. Here's what I've kind of seen with the team, and I I think we've talked about it a little bit, but I think it's really kind of exciting. We got a, we inherited a lot of talent in 2018, but it doesn't seem like a lot of that talent has jumped on the depth chart, and I feel like that's a good indication in the, as far as the development of just our total football team. I don't know if we've kind of shared this kind of same sentiment under the last couple of coaching staffs, where it seems like whenever we got an infusion of talent, we had to like to actually have to throw them on onto the field because we just wasn't that much of a really talented or deep football team. What I actually see this year is we got a real big infusion of talent. We had the number eight recruiting class, but a lot of those players didn't have the leap right on the depth chart. Like we don't have our five-star running back in the the, the top three on the depth chart. We don't have our five-star wide receiver on the top three of the depth chart. And I think a lot of that goes to the credit of Mark Rick and the whole entire coaching staff of developing the players that you do have. Because uh, the indication of a good football team is when they, when you're able to see some of your players get better year over year. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. When we first got McIntosh and um, Norton to actually become starters, they really wasn't doing a whole lot until Rick and Diaz and everybody kind of came on board. And that's when you begin to see that development and that growth. You know, when we got the three linebackers, they were true freshmen when they ended up starting – and I'll give you another primary example of what I'm talking about, the development. We had serious questions about uh, Jackson, the cornerback, last year. And he turned out to be – end up making uh, – no, I don't know if he made third team all ACC or he ended up making notable mentions. But remember, we were really, really shaky last year in the secondary before we got Delaney. We didn't know what we were going to end up looking like. And I will tell you, if there was one huge loss that I think we really, really experienced, and that was the loss of uh, Malik uh, Young, the cornerback. <laughs> Because if we had him on the team this year right now, I mean, I feel good about our secondary right now, but imagine what we would have if he was still on the team. So
2: Great point. That's another guy okay. they're really going to miss this year. I agree with you. You know, he would have been a third-year guy who would played a lot of football and was doing well. He'd be starting opposite Michael Jackson, and, uh, and you'd have a little depth at that position that now you don't have. And uh, that's what this team's going to have to overcome. You know, this is not exactly. the perfect storm here. This isn't 2001. You know, it's exactly. not the perfect team, but, but it's
8: a very we, good team. We, absolutely. We wouldn't have to push a lot of these young guys. i make two quick points, and I'll show you exactly what I mean. The year we won the 2001 championship um, with um, Andre Johnson and Ken Dorsey, I don't know if people remember, but Kellen Winslow was on special teams. Sean Taylor was on special teams. They weren't in the 2D. They weren't the first people that were subbing when they came off the bench. That's what kind of talent we had when we were looking at when we talk about how close and how far we are uh, as far as really being elite. I want you to comment on this particular point. I'm not really so much concerned about the offensive line, but I do have some hesitation in this particular aspect. When I look at recruiting, I don't see us really going after multiple talent in the trenches, and I don't know if that's just because of preference in regards to what we have in the stable or just a lot of kids that are really not looking our way, but that is the one thing that kind of gives me some reservations, so I don't know if you can kind of speak to that in regards to what the staff is actually looking at in regards to maybe they have a lot of kids that are really interested in them or maybe they just don't, but when I look as far as kids that are offered and kids that we're going for in the trenches, I kind of feel like we're always missing a mark year over year where we can't absorb a Macintosh or a Norton kind of jumping off and going to the pro
2: well here here's the problem you know you're in the southern part of Florida, and you don't get a lot of d j scafes and navon Donaldson's uh you get maybe one a year you know that, that are that are good enough talents to play at this level um this area just doesn't breed interior linemen on the offensive and defensive side uh, the way it breeds receivers and defensive backs and and running backs. So uh, I think it creates a challenge for the coaches because they got to start inching up the state. You know, They got to go and get a kid like Michael Tarquin. They got to recruit Evan Neal over there on the the west coast of Florida, which still doesn't produce a ton. And as you keep working your way north, now you're into Georgia. Think about what's going on in that state between Georgia and, and then everyone else in the SEC recruiting there. And then you got the whole Southeastern part of the country and all those SEC schools and Clemson and, you know, they're all recruiting the, you know, at the linemen in, 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 in the whole Southeastern part of the United States. And, you know, now you're talking about, well, you know, how, how far out do you have to go to get your guys? So it, it's, it's, it's harder to recruit linemen at Miami than any other position. And I think that's, that's evidence in the state of those positions over this decade plus of just absolute, I just don't,
8: under, I just don't just, understand
2: you know, how Florida state can
8: get four each year. You
6: know, when I look at Florida state, they seem to get They're four not, they're,
2: they're not any better and, than, and than, struck, than Miami. They're, they're not, they're not, they're not, they're just Garrett, getting different Garrett, names Garrett, and different Garrett. bodies, but I they're not normally, any better.
8: I don't, I don't normally disagree with you, but I'll just say, if you look at, if you after the show look at Florida State the last 4 years what they recruited on the defensive line compared to Miami you will see that they've kind of done a little bit better to us. I know you I know we're getting ready to go so I just want to make this last particular point. The game. The game on Sunday I think has a lot to do with this. I don't think Miami is going to put a football team on there that's going to be intimidated by LSU nor can I compete with LSU. But what I do hope that they will do and demonstrate is just poise and composure. This is a very I want to say it's a, I want to say it's a mature team, not a senior lead led team, but a mature team, and it's gonna have a lot to do with what those players are like as far as calming some of the young kids down because it's not like we've always been on this stage. You know, when I look at like the Alabama, the Georgias, and some of the, some of those other schools, they've been on that national stage and we're going to get a chance to get a little bit of taste of that. And I just hope the moment isn't too big for us. And that's why I'm going to be looking a lot towards Mark Rick and the coaching staff leadership to get those kids to settle down. Because if they can just get them to settle down and play ball, we're not putting a team out there on the field that cannot compete with LSU. You know? Oh, no and in most no And ca- in most cases, we're going to be probably be favored. So that's what I'm looking for. And I will know within the first ten minutes of the game, in regards to how does this team really – I mean, where this team is at mentally because, you know, how do you handle the false starts, the penalties, the early turnover, or or, or negative play that kind of sets you back or whatever? That's what I'm going to be looking for is do we have enough character and depth on that particular team in those particular areas? Because do we have talent? Yes. But there's a lot of talented teams that lose, and I just don't want Sundays to be one of those. So – just kind of keep me, just just, just just kind of keep me on hold. I'm excited about this particular season. You know what I've always said? I said, you can never win championships unless you have a championship-level coach. I've always believed that. You need a coach that's that, that able to get his players and where the moment's not going to be too big for him, and I'm just hoping that all that comes to fruition on Sunday. Just keep me on hold, keep me posted, and we'll keep this conversation throughout the year.
2: You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show, and um I want to comment on one other thing that he he talked about because I thought it was a great point. And he mentioned that the great Canes teams, when freshmen would come into the program, that they had to earn their stripes on special teams. And, and that the greatness that you eventually saw from guys like Sean Taylor and Kellen Winslow as uh, position players – we saw I – re, I remember Jesse Armstead the first time as a freshman that he ran down on kickoff coverage. It was unlike anything we'd ever seen. And, like, these kids that were elite and, and went on to great football careers would come in the program and earn their stripes on special teams. And that's something that this coaching staff is really, really emphasizing to the young kids that come in. And, you know, they're telling them if you want to be a position player at Miami, you got to go win for Coach Hartley on special teams first. And And they preach it. They practice it every day. And, you know, the, the Gervin Halls, the Gilbert Friarsons, those are the kids, I think, that you're going to see come participating on special teams this year. And they're going to count on those guys to, to do a good job. And uh, I think they're getting back to that. So I thought that was a great point um, that he made at the beginning of his call. All right, we're getting ready to – actually, we are heading into hour number three now of Cane Sport Live. Thank you, everybody, for listening tonight. The call-in number is five six three nine 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 three 563-999-3633. We're going to stay with you as long as we need to, hopefully, to get everybody in that wants to get in. So um, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let me go back out to the phones now, and let's go to the – Nine seven three, where you are now live on kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. <laughs> oh my God, Ross.
13: <laughs> what is going on, it's, man? What it's is, been what's, way what's going too long. <laughs> hey man, I'm going I'm I'm doing fine. But here's the thing, man. I was doing even better until you dropped that little piece in there and you said you was on the phone or you was doing a piece with the LSU guy, and he said, yeah. uh, listen, can you hear me? Yeah.
2: He,
13: All right, he, he said, no, no, wait, speak wait, 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 now he said on his defense he think he got, I hope he's thinking, I hope he's on. He's not sure. I hope because I want him to prove it. He, he got thinks he's got 10 NFL draft picks. Hey, man, listen, man, tell that man to calm down, bro. It's here, been here. If he got 10, we got nine. If he what, – what <laughs> here's my guys. Listen, Joe Jackson, Gerald Willis, yep. Jonathan Garvin, Zach yep. McLeod, yep. Chad Quarterman, Mike Pinckney, yep. Michael yep. Jackson, Jaquan Johnson, Tajan Bandy, and here's the thing. Uh, we got reserves. wait, wait, now, hey, because you know what? They might have a Tajan Bandy that he thinks is going to be a pro. See, here's mm-hmm. the thing. When you're going to make that statement, when you going to make that statement, I'm going to need to see it. I need him to Well, he was commenting pressure.
2: that Miami didn't have the same thing, Ross. He was just talking about LSU. Hey,
13: well, we got it. We got it. So I, I, agree. I just named it. And, 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 and some of them guys that he's throwing out, are they, are they senior experience? Are they, are they ready to grind? Have they been doing it? Let's let's talk let's talk about something else. The hell with him! I'm gonna tell you something right now. I want I'm, I want to I want to see that. I want to see the article dissected. I want to hear what he's talking about because I hope I could reach out to him by like Twitter or something and get at him after the game because I know we're gonna win. But here's the they're, yeah, yeah they're talk.
2: they're young, Ross. I'm looking at their depth chart right now. They're starting defense. They're starting one senior.
13: So and he's talking about he, he got nine pros. Hey man, I know he's a homer. I get it. He's supposed to. He can't come he can't get with you and then not talking good about his players. But let's calm down. I just named nine to 10 guys who are definitely going to be drafted in and well, NFL. I'm, so
2: I'm taping the uh, I'm taping the countdown the kickoff show tomorrow with him. So I'm going to make him support that. I'm going to make I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to challenge him a little bit on that and 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 kind of throw a little bit of support uh behind what what he's saying. <laughs>
13: Yeah, here's the thing. Let him, let him tell you what grade they're in, and then we'll go, and we'll look at it. Let's tell you what year they're in and our experiences. And man, thank you. Thank you, Gary. Come on with that nonsense, bro. Brother, t- let's talk about some other things. Here's go. Hey, I'm, I'm like some of your callers. Hope you don't get mad at me. I didn't like your song either, Gary. I was looking for <laughs> something else, but it's okay. You know why? Because I... During the during the summer, I wrote down. I, I should have wrote something down because I I thought about a song, but I'm mad at myself because I I should have wrote it down, and I was hoping. Hey, well, it if you cook. if you think
2: about it, email email it to me at canesport at yahoo dot com.
13: Okay. Here's
2: another and I'll thing. try to see if I I'll try to see if it works.
13: Hey, one of your calls was brought this up, and I was hoping he didn't get. He's about to say what I was about to say. I I because I, I, I wanted to be the one to say. I'm I'm sorry. I'm greedy. Malik Young. Here's the thing, man. I think he should. Uh, I feel I feel for him. I feel for his family. I feel for him, but I like his spirit. So I think he should be the designated, the designated guy to put the chain on anybody that earns it, the turnover chain. What do you think? Don't be shocked if he's he's not. He 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 might be. He should be the designated guy. By the guy way, I I, I hear stand.
2: that they've um I hear that they've altered the turnover chain a little bit. I mean I can't wait to see what the heck they made, come out. Well, with. We made it pretty. We made it we made it good looking
13: or we made it lighter. Which one? Because here's the thing. I don't know. I don't it. I don't
2: know what they. I don't know. It's under lock and key. I mean Manny Manny's keeping it under lock and key. I don't know that anybody. I don't know anybody that's seen it. But it's the, you know, the word's starting to get around that there's a, there
13: well, might just, be a, there's
2: a, a, a revised little turnover chain coming out. So.
13: Here's the thing. There's a lot of jealousy out there, so I hope we, don't, hope we don't do nothing crazy where somebody will probably jump in and say, well, how was that paid for and how was that done? You know what I mean? You know we got a lot of jealousy. Nah, that, came, nah that's not it. You know what I'm saying? A, but, hey, things I'm going to run down. Boston College, Friday night game. It's going to be a blackout for them. That's a game we really have to pay attention to. That's a game that I think I'm going to make it down there. Here's what I gotta say about what you and one of the callers and you and your um your guest was talking about. Here's the difference. <clears throat> yes, we're not gonna not pay attention to this game. You know why, Gary? Because the game that we had to come back and um read had to run the ball back to the end zone and fall over and fall over. Here's why this game is different. Those guys were rolling year before that, year before that, year before that. We we ran into a tough team in Boston College. This team have not proven anything yet. So this, we're still building here. So I don't think our coach is going to allow these guys, unless we had major injury. I don't think this coach is going to allow these guys to come in gagging and, and, and depends on what our record is, come in gagging to this game. While it's going to be tough and it's going to be a blackout for them, it's going to be all exciting Friday night and all the ESPN, we are, this game is going to be approached differently than the guys in the past. Because in the, and I'm not trying to make any excuses, but the guys in the past, they was rolling. We're coming off a team back-to-back or whatever we was coming into that season we don't have established guys like that yet. We we don't have established teams like that yet. So I think our focus level is going to be different. That's just my opinion on that. You know, so, so I, that's how I'm looking at it.
2: We'll see. We'll worry about that in October. Okay. Here's the thing. John Rick,
13: quarterback coach, and Mark Rick. What happened with that quarterback, he not coming, he going to Penn State, that's fine. I started listening to him a little bit. He sounded a little like, he wasn't coming. I kind of got the drift that he wasn't coming. But here's my thing. All we need them to do is to develop these quarterbacks. Two you brought in, develop them. They're doing a good job with Rozier. I like his confidence. Hopefully he's completely healthy. I was upset with him last year like everybody else. Kind of wanted him gone. But if, it's, if that's who we're riding with, I'm riding with him. So get him to hit the guys when they're open. Get them to settle the team down. I'm just going to pay attention to their development because here's the thing. The kid with Perry, it seems to me like the offense is a little complicated. It's very complicated, and that's not something he was used to coming out of high school. So I think it was like a major adjustment for him coming in, and he had to go through all these different challenges and different things in the offense and mark Rick offense that he has to figure out. So I think that's something that he's fighting Why he's at, you know, he hasn't really, like, you know, he's a sure number two. That's just, that's the, again, that's just my opinion. That's what I'm getting from the whole thing. You know, what are, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, he's a second-year player. I mean, different guys develop at different paces, and, and we're expecting kids to walk in at a high school and be great players from day one, and that's just not the recipe in most cases, you know?
13: Exactly. I think, it's, I think the offense is a little complicated for him. It's like, a, like I said, it's not what he expected he was going to come in. Because here's the thing. The, the fans, the fans base got to got to got to settle down because the thing: you either want one thing or you want the other. We we're, we we want to brag about guys being drafted in the league and playing well at the next level and be able to play at the quarterback level and play well. Well, a lot of these guys that's playing in these hurry-up offenses, these the spread and never huddling and all that like the stuff that Florida State is going through. When it's time for them to be drafted, they're not drafted, and the NFL doesn't respect their their their, 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 their techniques. Because they're not, they, don't, they can't go on that chalkboard and break certain things down because they're not prepared. You Sometimes you hear some of these interviews, these guys are telling that they have never been in a huddle, they don't know how to do certain things. They, they damn near have be on, a, on the center 80% of the time.
10: Mm-hmm.
13: That's lack of development, if you ask me. So how can that kid go in the NFL and perform? I like what we're doing. And I, think, I just think if we take our time and continue to build a quarterback room, we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Now let me jump over to recruiting real quick. A lot of these guys are saying they want to come play for us. They're not. You know what I've always said about, Gary? Offensive line, they do need to come up north a little bit. They need to creep up here in Jersey, New York, um, and try to figure it out. Now, do you, here's the thing. Do you that's think?
2: That's just not what they're we, doing right now. Now but they may, I agree with you. They, they, may need to a, they may need to have to evolve to that eventually, but that's just not their, that's not their game plan right now.
13: I don't care. where They, they got to go to Pittsburgh. They gotta, here's the thing, kiss they made it. They, they did what they had to do. They went out and got a, a good defensive line coach that could recruit. It looked like he could recruit all over. And I'm not knocking this offensive line coach. I'm just saying maybe he needs another guy with him. And I know that other guy really can't go out on the road, but we need a game plan to continue to get big-time offensive linemen. That's all I'm going to say about that. Where are you? So we should be able to continue to build, but go out there and get back-to-back two at a time, three at a time, big-time offensive linemen. Russ has that ever different. been
2: the case? In, in in all honesty, when has that ever been the case? I mean, Miami's always had to go s- scrap a, an offensive line together. Art Kehoe used to go to Canada to to hunt for tough kids that he could mold into offensive linemen. It's never been e- it's wow. never been easy for Miami. Well, whatever we have to do, I don't know that it's ever it, going to be easy. There just aren't the there aren't that many of them and, in South Florida.
13: True, and here's the thing. While, if that's the case for us, while we go into these games, LSU like Coming up, anybody, any other game, we need to run our offense to that. Okay, we at times we got to show toughness and run the ball, but certain things we have to design, knowing that if we don't have the best offensive line, get guys in space, get guys on the perimeter, and, and and go from there. So as far as recruiting in that aspect, I'm not worried about it. I think we'll be able to get it done. Now, my, my prediction of the score, Gary, I've been sitting on this, and I've been waiting to call you, bro. I think if we allow them over 17 points, we might be in a little trouble. I don't think we should. We, they should score over 17. So my score right. is 20, 26, 17. All right. Sounds on that sounds good. I said, you know? 20, I, I said yeah. 31,
2: 14 before their defense was touted to me the way it was. But yeah, I'll but you know good. what?
13: He sound, he sound like a setup artist. Run down those yeah. names that I give to him. Run down those names that I gave to you. Tell him, tell him to back up a little. Tell him to pump his brakes.
2: I will. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna tape, know, tape you know, we're gonna tape a countdown to kickoff show tomorrow. So I, yeah, I you do don't
13: that. know how upset I got when you mentioned that. I was doing I was having a great night until I heard like <laughs> He got nine or ten. I said, man, you got to be kidding me. Pump your brakes, bro. <laughs> all right, man. Well, keep me on. All old. right, Ross. Hey, I thank you. Glad part you're of the back,
2: show. man. Yep. Give us a call all next week. You all all got right, it. Ross, 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 Ross from New Jersey. Always a great caller. 563-999-3633. Uh, nine, 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 three, three, three. Hit 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 917 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? All what's of our old forward? regulars are come, coming out of the woodwork tonight.
11: Yeah, I have to come back, man. Had to come back. I've been dead.
2: So talk to us. What you got?
11: Listen, Gary. You know, like, all summer is this big lead up to LSU. And Everybody's forgetting who LSU's coach is for some strange reason. These LSU homers are coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, they're going to blow us out. They're going to this. They're going to that. But then who, who's their coach? He hasn't proven anything. You know, no, they lost Detroit last year. Last year they lost Detroit. And they're coming out of the woodwork saying, oh, we're going to blow the Kings out. I wouldn't be surprised if we blow them out. I wouldn't be surprised if we pull a Notre Dame on them. I wouldn't Turn either. The King, out five or six times.
2: They're I would not be a surprised that, uh, if Miami wins this game convincingly either. I mean, it's what I've been <laughs> expecting Listen, the whole this fall. Game
11: gonna, this game is going to prove the end for Ed Orgeron. They're going to have Joe Oliva rethinking, oh, snap. I think we better start. You know, we better get the ball rolling because we lost to Miami. The, the schedule doesn't get any easier. They're already thinking about a replacement for Ed Orgeron. And now I don't have anything against the guy. I'm just basing it off of track. Uh,
2: he's, he's, he's not a top-shelf coach, for sure. I, don't have, I have no idea why they ever gave him the job, but they did.
11: He's not. He's not. And then he revamped his entire offense, brought in an entirely new offensive scheme. You have Third a coordinator in three years. You have a guy playing quarterback for them that's never started a game, couldn't, could, couldn't cut it at Ohio State, came, came to LSU, became the big man on campus because LSU hasn't recruited a good quarterback since probably 2011.
2: Well, so what and you know Manny Diaz is coming after that guy. You know they're going to be coming yeah. hard at that kid.
11: Exactly. They're going to rattle him. They're going to be in that backfield often, and this kid, Greedy Williams, I'm expecting him to have his sophomore slump. They got the kid Fulton back. He hasn't played a game in two years, and they expect him to just come out against an all ACC receiver and expect him to block him down. I just, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, you know, I'm hoping this. I'm hoping this is not my orange and green glasses kicking in. But the team no, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it
2: is. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of reason for optimism. I, I mean, I know I always for, – I force myself to, to keep it real and, and, and not get too emotional and crazy and, and look at what's really in front. And, and this, this should be a very good team. I, I see where the holes are. We've talked about the holes all throughout the show tonight on a, on a very uh, even-handed basis. And there are holes. There are issues. But it's a very good football team,
11: right? But OSU doesn't have the, the 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 coaching staff and the personnel to exploit those holes. For example,
2: well, we don't know that. You know,
6: no, 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 no. I, mean, I, mean, I, I mean, you're, you're
11: talking made, about you know, the head
2: coach, which I agree. But you know, Dave Aranda is one of the you know better, uh, well, like young defensive well, it's coordinators was, you know, out there. Look at what he did last year with, with with LSU's defense.
11: They were okay. They were they were okay. Yeah. They were okay. They didn't blowing anybody away. You know they were they didn't blow anybody away. They were talking about LSU's defense as this miraculous thing. But the comparison I want to use is a team like Wisconsin. A team like Wisconsin, player for player, we were probably better than Wisconsin. But Wisconsin is a great coach team. They they're used to adversity. And they could come out and beat a team like Miami Austin, a team like Ohio State Austin, teams that are more talented than them. LSU is not that team. They're just not. Now, you put us against teams like LSU and Notre Dame right now, we we beat those teams because they're not very well coached, even though Brian Kelly is a good coach. Those Notre Dame teams are not well coached teams. LSU is not a well coached team. Mark Rick is going to put them in a position where they're going to not be able to overcome the little bit of pressure or adversity that Miami's going to give them, where as opposed to a team like Wisconsin, they turned it around quick and ended up beating us. The first half of that game of the Wisconsin game, I thought we had them. And then you see the experience kick in. And Wisconsin ended up just kicking our ass once the experience kicked in. What experience does LSU have? They've been bad for a very long time. We're going to put LSU in a position that they put us in, what was it, 2003, 2004, when they just beat up on us and which caused our downward spiral? This is the end 2005.
2: 2005, yeah.
11: 2005. yeah. This, this is the end. Now, I'm, I'm praying that this is not my – orange and green glasses. I'm just praying, but the two team I saw last year, I'm thinking there's no way, no way with the same coach, they're just going to do a complete turnaround overnight. They let a team like Troy come in. I saw the game. Troy manhandled them, beat them up. The Troy running back had his way, had his way with that defense. He had his way. He would have gotten more points if he didn't fumble the ball two or three times. More yards if he didn't fumble the ball two or three times. He had his way with that entire defense. And we're going to throw probably two or three top-notch running backs at that defense? I'm not even worried about our running game against that defense because Troy ran up and down the field on them, just like every other team in the SEC did. So am I worried? No. This is people against against Miami and hoping that LSU could – be a quick turnaround because they just simply want to see Miami lose. That's all this is. Now, this would be a great for the program. If we could beat LSU, the only game I'm worried about is Boston College. On that Friday night, probably it's going to be a little cold, a little rainy. Steve Adagio, this is the – he known tough defenses. Good, bad team, his defenses are always good. That's all I got to say about that. Another part, real quick, because I want to I want to give people another you know people another chance to get on. I'm a little worried about our defensive line recruiting, Gary. Like like where are we going with that? Do we have guys in the background that we're not trying to make too much noise about, or we're still really looking for you know putting together a, a good defensive line in in this year's um,
2: recruiting class? Well, I mean, obviously they're hoping to add Chris Bogle to the mix w- without question. Uh, I, I think that uh, y- you've got a couple good guys committed in Jafari Harvey, um, J- Jalar ha- Holly. Um, I, th- I think that they're hoping to get Braylon Ingram from St. Thomas. And if the, if they get those guys and, and, and maybe add one more tackle, I think they're going to be in good shape. I think they're doing very well with Lloyd Summerall. I think they can get JJ Weaver if they want him So, I, I think that they're, they they need to find one more really good tackle. I, I think ends they're do, they're doing pretty well with.
11: I love the Harvey kid. I think we pulled off another steal. I yeah. think we pulled off another steal. We had one with uh, Joe Jackson, then Garvin,
2: now Russo, yeah. and now Harvey. If, yeah, he, all looks, he looks like really good. And and they love the, the Holly kid out of out of Georgia. You know, as a defensive right. tackle, they're they're very high on him. So, I, you know, I'd like to see them find at least one more really good tackle in this class. To go with what they have, and uh, I, I think they're doing okay.
11: I think I think they're doing good too. But we need this game, man. This game is going to push the program forward. It's going to set no the doubt. tone for the rest of the year. ESPN is going to be in our backyard again. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Let some other guys get All on. Right, and give us a call me next me week. On. You got it. All right, All right, let's go to the uh, three one eight now. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
8: What's going on, Gary? You know, it's this Port City cane, you know, and, hey, uh, up, by the way, I'll see you at the game. We'll be there. Uh, you know, it's just yep. maybe two hours down the road. Oh, good. So I'll see you at the game. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure me and my wife are coming. Uh, we're going to do a little, uh, you know, a little Labor Day liaison or whatever, but, uh, I'm I'll, excited about be the game. Da- I mean,
2: I'll be down on the field yeah, during, uh, gonna- during, during pregame. So if you're, if you're in that vicinity and, uh, Give me a shout out. I'd like to say hello to you.
8: I sure do. I'm gonna make sure that I find you now. I'm gonna make sure, I, and I tell Brock that I saw you too. If he, I don't <laughs> think he's gonna come to the game. You know, Brock uh, Berlin lives in the same neighborhood that I do. Oh
2: wow. Yeah, I'm
8: sorry. Yeah, he does. So, uh, but you know, I'm I'm excited a little bit. You know, I guess uh, you know from looking at everything in there. You know, uh, everything that's going on with the program. Just excited about the direction that they're going in. But I think, uh, just before I say anything, on the recruiting front, uh, guys like Jabari, who you're talking about, Harvey, Jabari Harvey, the defensive end, I like those kind of guys. We're having a lot of success with what I call the NDC crew, the no-drama crew. The drama guys, they never produce anything. (laughs) The guys who who want you to hold your breath until they sign the signature, they don't never do anything. When you look at uh, Amon Richards, you look at Joe Jackson, look at guys, uh, Garvin, Jonathan Garvin, the guys who just, hey, look, I done made my decision. I put my feet in the ground, and, uh, you know, I'm going to come to Miami. They always produce. They produce more yep. than the guys who, you know, man, it, I'm the big drama show. I want you to hold your breath until I come. And so, you know, but other than that, we moving, you know, we're moving in the right direction. Everybody concerned a little bit about uh, the offensive line and defense tactics is an unproven commodity. You know, it's something that have not been proven shouldn't be trusted. So, until we can prove anything at the positions, then, uh, you know, uh, we had to, uh, you know, you, you can't trust it. But I just think that when you look at Tyreek Stevenson and Evan Neal, both of them really on the same level. I mean, they both are absolute necessities in this class. They, you no, got to go no all doubt. out for those guys. <laughs> all out because, I mean, when you look at Evan Neal and Tyreek, Stevenson, those are the type of guys who are day one starters. I mean, they day one start. They physically developed enough to be able to handle the rigors of it immediately. So, you know, and you got to build around those kind of guys uh, that, you, that you get in your program. I think we're doing okay in recruiting, but when it comes down to it, you know, it's always going to be decided by a couple of guys here and there. So, you know, but, uh, and, uh, I think we I think we're doing all right. But I'm wondering how are we doing with the uh, is it zipperer at the tight end position? Is yeah. how are we doing with his recruitment?
2: I think they're gonna get him. I think I I, I, get him? I I do, yeah.
8: Now let me ask you this question. The other tight end is it Palenny? A Plenty Plenty, yeah. Uh, yeah. Palency, do you see yeah. him as a potential uh transfer? Because when you start to look at the quantity, if you get zipperer, and you got Mallory and you got Brevin Jordan and then you got uh the guy that's coming in, what's his name? The uh probably gonna be the top tight end next year. Uh Larry Hodges. I can't. Not Larry Hodges, the other guy, the uh twenty twenty. The guy yeah, that committed um,
2: for twenty twenty. I know you're talking about uh Dominic uh, memorelli. Yeah, Dominic.
8: Yeah, yeah. And they say he might be the top best tight end in our in the whole nation next year. So do you think that just by the influx of talent that there's probably a potential transfer candidate there?
2: Well, he's going to be a junior next year. I mean, I don't know. I guess it yeah. depends how he, much he gets he, to play this he, year.
8: Yeah, but is he is he doing pretty good with the blocking?
2: He's, he, okay. He doing good with he's, the, he's okay. He's okay. I, I think if they could do it all over again, they wouldn't take him. But, you know, he's, he was a little bit of a recruiting miss. But, I mean, I will say this for the kid. He's not, you know, he's working hard. He's definitely doing better this fall than he's done in the past. He just you know he doesn't well, catch good, he, we're gonna need he drops him to a lot to of come balls. in
8: and get some of those rips.
2: Yep. He yep. he just
8: doesn't have great hands, right? Mm-mm. He doesn't have great hands. No. Uh yep. And uh so you know, I think we're moving in the right direction. And the one difference between Mark Rick and Al Golden is just one thing. Those guys like DJ Ivey, guys like uh the other uh, other cornerback that we had they never got on the roster when Al Golden was here. That you, it's, it's those guys that's right below that top level that uh, you got to get those guys to really give your team enough depth to be able to make it through the whole year. And some of those guys even end up turning out to be pretty good players and even potential uh, pro players, you know. Uh, so, you know, you just have to continue uh, to, you know, develop those guys the way that they need to be developed. But uh, we just – we're going to go down there, you know, this LSU country. So, we're going to go down there and, uh, you know, I'll be there. Now, I'm going to tell you this right here. If we don't win this game, it's going to be a long time before I come to another game.
9: You know, because <laughs> the other game I came to, we didn't win.
8: So, I'll be like, no, hey, really? look, I ain't coming to no more games. I'll watch all the rest of them on TV. But I'm just excited to be I know it's going to be a great atmosphere uh, down there. And it's a great opportunity. I mean, we've got a lot of talent there and receiver and uh, we're just going to have to uh, go down there and prove it. I think that, that LSU on their front, their on their defense, as far as their first-line guys, they can run with our guys. But as the as we get them in that deep water, I think we're going to drown them with all their talent, especially on the outside. I don't think that they're going to be able to match up with those guys tit for tat, you know, because once you get greedy and they'll pit out there, uh, you know, who else is going to cover somebody? You still gotta call let me tell you what I, I think they're
2: gonna do. I th- I think they're gonna wear Greedy out. I, I think that yep. I, I think you're gonna see a lot of go routes on, on Sunday night. I think Same gonna, thing uh, they did with
8: the uh, Virginia take uh cornerback, right?
2: Yeah, I think they're gonna wear the him. Out. Yep.
8: Yep. Same thing they if did with him. And just keep letting the ball. Let, let him try keep to throwing. go
2: eighty plays. The, 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 I think they're gonna roll roll the, they're gonna roll those receivers in and they're gonna wear him out. <laughs>
8: Uh huh, and I think I think when you get down to it, the depth of them at the end of the day may not uh, be enough because on their offense they got you know they got Jamar Chase, but they don't have really that uh, that landmark running back that they have been having for years. You know they don't have that on their team right now, and and with their offensive line they've had so many players that have been suspended, it's the, and they got freshmen along their offensive line, so. We really had to come out there and get out to that quarterback. It would be great if we can get out to quarterback uh, rushing full rather than bringing blitzes. If we can rush full and get out to that quarterback, we'll be just fine. But uh, uh, but uh, as far as Evan Neal, we're doing about as best as we could. huh?
2: We're hanging on that's there. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, they're hanging in there. Yep. Man, that's right, good. Members, and, hey, hey look. Say, t- say hello Sunday night if you can. I will. I'll make sure. I, hey, I, you have a blessed night. You got it, man. Okay, glad then. you're getting Bo- to go to the game. Yep. Okay, both. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we're down to our final half hour here. Let's go out to the 407. You're live on Cane Sport Live. You with us? All right, let's go to the um, 786. You're live on Cane Sport Live. Hello? Yep, that's you.
0: Hey, how you doing?
2: Doing great. Who's this? This
8: is Kenneth Duncan from Miami, a graduate of University of Miami Nursing
2: School. What's up, Kenneth? Hey. Where are you working? First time coming what, to you. You working at one well, of the hospitals? Well, I have <laughs>
8: – no, I used to. I used to work at Jackson uh, Emergency Room, but I have my own uh, – I went into uh, mental health and got my own private practice.
2: Oh, cool. Congratulations. So, yes. Yeah.
13: Thanks for calling
2: in. Me. We always like to hear some new voices on this show. So what you got for us tonight?
8: My main thing is this. I, I love my team. I follow you um with uh Kane Sport. I'm following I'm following, you know, everyday uh situations with the team. My biggest concern is the play calling and for one and another one is basically Mark Rick having diversified plays, like killer play, like five unexpected plays that can put the defense in a bind. It's kind of like a condition where they just, you know, run, pass, run, pass, but those, those five plays that really, that's unsuspecting, that should be in every game. The play calling and Rozier.
2: What, give me your take on you know, what you saw. Let, at, go ahead. You're making a great point. Uh, I, I saw that two years ago. And he had a healthy Amon Richards and, and, you know, obviously Braxton and those guys. And, and we saw that quite a bit two years ago, last year, they kind of got off a little bit from, you know, cause of the injuries and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I think that that kind of impacted his play calling a little bit. I didn't think he – you know, yeah, I mean they were, they were undefeated going into the last regular season game of the year. So he certainly wasn't doing a bad job by any stretch of the imagination. But
9: right.
2: I didn't I, – I, I'm not sure that we saw exactly what you're talking about here as much last year as we did two years ago. I think we're going to see it this year. I, I think that, you know, they have a, enough of a base of talent and so much of it, different guys that can do different things, and I think it's going to really, really enhance Mark Rick's play, um game planning and play calling. And mm. I'm looking for a whole nother level this year from Coach Rick. and I think I think he just, there's a pretty good chance you're going to get it.
8: Now, what what do you see as far as Lingard? What's going on with him? I hear, I know, I read your um,
5: your 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 columns on, you know, what's
8: been going on with through, through Tom um the to coach Thomas. What do you, what do you, what do you see his potential as as far as playing this year and moving forward
1: in the future?
2: He's got a lot of potential. He's just got to learn to be a college running back, you know. When you can run the way he can run, you can get away with a lot of things in high school that you maybe can't get away with at, at this level. And he, you know, I think he's learning how to be a college running back. I think he's learning how to do things like pass protect that you have to be able to do. I think he's learning the playbook. And I think that they're in a situation with Travis Homer and DJ Dallas where they've got two really, really good players up there to to run first and second team and they don't have to throw a true freshman on the field that's not ready.
8: Okay. Okay. All right. So but you get what I'm saying with the play calling with Margaret, you know, that unsuspect like you said, they might they may do it this year, but every game needs to be something where something's not figured out where they, you know, the commentators saying, hey, this guy always comes with something unexpected for the defense and puts the defense in a bind and, and expands his player's role as far as what he wants
2: to do. Yeah. You, you want him pulling plays out of, out of, uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, if you got that talent, that speed,
8: I mean, I mean, Mark Rick is a great coach, a great history. I mean, things that uh, provides a great foundation, but he has to get that, you know, that, that, that he's not, he doesn't have a, 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 a true offensive coordinator on, on staff. So what, and, 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 since he's bringing Thomas, I mean, Thomas Brown is the coordinator. And then you hire the co-coordinator, the white, are they calling plays? No, no, no. They're, they're
2: they're coordinators in title only. Mark Rick's calling the plays. And you know, but but what you're saying is you want to see him call a game where in key situations he's got a play that hit that a special play that maybe they haven't shown before in his back pocket that he can pull out and it, it, it turns into a big play or a touchdown. Should, and that it that's be his style two or three of those every that's his style. Okay. He, that he believes in doing that. And, you know, we've seen it. Like, I remember, I can't remember what game it was last year, but there was one play where he brought Jeff Thomas into the slot and ran him deep and across the field to take advantage of his speed. Uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've seen him do that quite a bit in his first few years as coach. And so it's definitely his style of doing it. And I, and, and I think with all the habit. skill talent they have this year, you're going to see more of that. All right, now. Yeah.
8: All right, well, um, thanks for uh, – this is my first call. I was excited to talk to you, man, and you gave me the great answer that I needed.
2: Hey, make sure you call again. Thanks for being part of the show. All right. All right. Remember, Kenneth Duncan,
6: I'm an alumni, so – and I paid for your cane sport. <laughs> you got it, Kenneth.
2: Thank you so much for being right, part of the guys. show, and th- thanks for being a cane sports subscriber. Good dude, man. Good Good to hear he's doing well with his own practice after coming out of the UM Nursing School. All right. 563 999 3633. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh, we still got about uh, a little bit of time here left tonight, so uh, don't be bashful. Let's go out to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Gary? That's you. Gary? Yes, sir. Hey,
14: Gary. It's uh, Ecstasy 424. How are
2: you? Doing great. How are you doing tonight?
14: Good, good, Gary. I just have two questions, and then you can put me on hold. So, first question is, have you seen Mark Richt put in more motion pre-snap in our offense? That's something that we did not see at all last year. Do you think that's going to happen this
2: year? Um, I think I'm going to withhold comment on that. Okay. I don't think – I don't think – I don't think – that would be a wise thing for me to cover here at this point. Let's uh, let's wait till after the after the game on Sunday.
14: Okay. Okay. Sorry, I didn't. I don't want to divulge any you know secrets or anything, but just wanted to see if uh, we're going to put in more motion. Second thing is with the new redshirt rule out in the NCAA. Um, what do you? How do you think that's going to play out? We're obviously when we're going to play some lef- lesser opponents, we'll probably be able to see a lot of these you know freshmen. Uh, get more playing time. Uh, but, you know, with this four-game rush shirt rule, you know, how yeah. do you see it
2: being played out? I think that that is a phenomenal question and, uh-huh. and one of the best questions tonight. And the reason for that is I think that that new rule and how programs adjust to it and manage their rosters is going to become the new hidden variable in college football. I, I I think that it's so critical that they are able to get guys into some games and get them some action. But if a guy's not a frontline player for you, make sure you get him a red shirt year so that you have the, at least the option of having him down the road when he's older and more seasoned. Like, and I use like Casey McDermott as a great example. How much would you love to have Casey McDermott back this year? To anchor the offensive yep. line, having played for three years, and uh, it's huge. Like you know, I look at just the receivers this year. There is no reason in the world they shouldn't come out of this season with Wiggins, Ezard. Um, I'm not going to include Pope in there because I, I I think Pope, you know, can can evolve into a bigger bigger player than that. Obviously, Hightower can, but a few of these freshman receivers there is no reason in the world if they're just playing a couple plays a game that they shouldn't walk out of this season with a red shirt because you might wish you still had that guy four years from now. Yeah. And you know, maybe he's not, right. he, maybe he's not a first or second round NFL draft pick. And maybe it makes sense for him to come back for his fourth and fifth year. And, you know, I, I think that pro, you know, look at Wisconsin last year and And what having older football players did for that team and how they were able to come down here and beat Miami in its its home stadium in the bowl game, largely because they had older players who had redshirted and and performed for them. And I just think it's a big deal. And I I think it gives uh, coaches and programs the opportunity to strategically manage their roster. And I think it's going to be so important. If you want to be a great college football program year after year after year, I think with this new redshirt rule, how you manage your young players and rosters is going to be a very critical factor.
14: Yeah, I think it's important. You're going to give this 18-year-old kid, you know, some live action in some games, and then you can possibly redshirt them. And then they're going to know, okay, this is what it's like to play, you know, some of these games, you know, even if it's against Savannah State or even some of, you know, maybe it may be, you know, a blowout against Georgia Tech or something, right? But at least they get some live action. They know what it takes, you know, in, you know, NCAA football to be successful. And then they work that extra harder uh, when they, you know, in their redshirt freshman year, right? So, anyway, I uh, wanted to give some time to the other callers. Thanks a lot for answering my questions, Gary.
2: You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. Make sure you give us a call down the road uh, or next week. All right, let's go out to the nine one six. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
7: Kara, how you doing, man?
2: Doing great. Who's this?
7: Man, this is Roland from New Orleans. Man, what's going on? Hey,
2: what's up, Roland? Glad you for glad minute, you got man. in. What you got? What you got for us?
7: I'm gonna keep it short. Uh, quick question: When you look at uh, Iowa, you look at. Uh... Michigan. Quick question: Why, why is it that my like in that, that, that Midwest, where you got those big, huge old linemen? I mean, you, you mean to tell me you can't get a couple of those guys to come down to Coral Gables well, to, to, to to? I mean, explain that one to me. That's what I'm asking.
2: Well, I, I think you've got I mean, programs in that area of the country that are recruiting the same kids, and and just like <clears throat> just like receivers and DBs want to go to Miami here. I think linemen want to go to school at Michigan, at Notre Dame, and, and, and some of those programs in that area of the country. And, you know, they went to Iowa, I think it was, and got uh, Zach Dykstra as an offensive lineman, yeah. and, and he's kind yeah. of been a bust yeah. out. You know, he's not good enough. Uh, so it's not as easy as just going to some of those Midwest states and recruiting a player. But
7: they, At least they got a yeah. You know, you got all the speed in Miami. you got to go to the Midwest. I mean, you know how it is, Gary. I mean, it's, it's the same mantra. you got to the Midwest, Iowa, Nebraska, the Kansas, uh, the Mississippi. I mean, they don't, don't get – you know, I'm, I'm not saying if, they, if, they can get, if they're not going to get the top tier guys, at least get guys that you know that can be – it doesn't matter about stars, but, you know, guys that can come in and be coached and be productive. So, you know, from that perspective, um, uh, I think, I mean, you've seen it in practice. I mean, overall, from, from your perspective, how does the old line look? The starting old line, not not backups, just starting o line. Like as far as um, run blocking, uh, uh, protection against the pass. You know, just what's your what's your perspective on on both?
2: I mean, I and, and I you know, think I, you know. I think the first team is going to be adequate. I think there's going to be times where they struggle depending on who they're playing, but I think they can be adequate. I think if you have an injury or two, uh, hold your breath.
7: You said, okay, adequate. Are they better uh, against the pass or better against the run? Well, you know what? You, it's all the games. We'll, we'll it's all
2: matchups. Again. Every game's going to be different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you, we can't really say that yet. But the key is that they stay healthy.
7: That's true. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. And I think they really need to utilize those uh, young tight ends, especially uh, kid from Las uh, Vegas and that Mallory kid. I'm watching. Yeah, they're both going to be great. They're both going to be phenomenal. Both of them going to be yep. tremendous. No doubt. Tremendous. So. No, I'm not, I would I'm say those two kids game. are
2: can't miss. They are so good. Yeah, that that's true.
7: You're right. Super can't miss. And you do, man. You, yep. you think Trey Young will get some get some carries this game? Or you,
2: I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I mean, if they get to, if they get to the third running back, he will. But I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if they'll get to the third running back in this game.
7: How has he looked in practice, man? And I'm, I'm he's done you. great.
2: You know, I mean, he's he's he's, he's uh kept Lingard from getting too much in the mix, and, you know, uh, he's an older guy. He knows what to do. I mean, he's done great. Mm-hmm. You got to give that guy a lot of credit, man. He's hung in there. He was a quarterback yeah, in high in school. You've got to respect that kid. That kid is hung in, and he's, yeah. you
7: know, yep. And one last question before I go I forgot to ask you. What about Darryl Langham? what's how, How's he looking?
2: Looking good. You know, he's just got yeah. – <laughs> He's just got uh, Richards and and uh, uh, he's got Amon role. He plays Amon's position, so he's got he's got Amon Richards ahead of him.
7: Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of receivers, tons of receivers. All right, good. I'm gonna I'm just hold on, man. I'm look, and I'm looking forward to the game on Sunday, man. And you do a great job, good show. Sure, you got always, it, man.
2: man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next time. All right, let's go to the three one zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir, the two. Who, who's this?
1: Hey, oh, sorry. It's Righteous Kane. How you doing, sir?
2: Hey, what's up, Righteous? What you got for us?
1: Uh, just two quick things. Uh, one, are they going to use like, some of a short passing game at the beginning of the game to kind of slow down that defensive uh, pass rush? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to sure do a little bit of
2: everything. I, I think they are, but I also think that they're going to go deep. They're going to they're have a lot of deep routes. I think they're going to try to wear those LSU deep. Ba- LSU is going to play man coverage all night. So uh, an obvious strategy is to wear those guys out. Use your depth, your nine-deep yep. receiver. Use your depth and wear those kids out.
1: Yes, I agree. And do you think our goal line um, goal line um, offensive um, formation, will that work this time around, especially with Treon Gray and, and Realis? Will you think it would be more no, effective no, this time than you no know, third and short, which was very difficult I, last year?
2: I don't I don't know. I asked Mark Rick about that today actually. Um he, he had his uh pregame press conference today and I and I asked him that question. You know, I said Mark, you know, you said at the end of last season that you're going back to the I formation and I, you know, I asked him I said are are you pleased with how that's come along because uh they recruited really George to play fullback but you know, he's really I don't know that he's as ready right now as they maybe were hoping and they're they're using Trayon Gray as the fullback and I don't really personally see him blocking as a blocking beast, and I'm wondering myself, how is this I formation going to work on the goal line? But Mark Rick said he was happy with it, so we'll we'll see. I'm I think we're going to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean I hope it works. You even have to bring an extra linemen because you know that that's that's going to be a key factor in tough games like this. You need to convert those third and short uh, down distance situations. And one last thing, sir. I noticed a lot of teams that have all these different. um, Coaches, all these like fifty, like Alabama has like fifty or hundred um, special assistants and whatnot that help break down games. Do we have enough of those in Miami to kind of compete with us? Because it seems like it, it, like it yeah. seems to make a difference in a lot of these games. Now all these little the, there's a lot
2: of guys working in the back offices there that you don't even know about. They, I mean, they, that's one thing that they've beefed up under Mark Rick. They, they they've significantly increased the support staff, and uh, yeah, they've got several guys doing that kind of stuff. Okay,
1: that's good to hear. Well, we hope for a came victory on Sunday. Thank you,
2: sir. Have a good night. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633 hit 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Uh I I've, I've cleared the board, so um we're wide open there. Um I'm going to go for a little bit more a few minutes here cuz I got to get to some of the questions that were posted on the message board, but if you want to get on tonight, now's the time to call in and and, and do it. But looking at the questions that were submitted on the message board, the, the first one, and we, we haven't covered this subject tonight totally, so um, it's a good one to talk about for a minute, and that's the field goal and kicking game uh, and, and what's the state of that. And I think Zach Fiegels as, as punter is going to have a, a really good season. I think that he was nervous last year. Let's be honest. He admitted it when I spoke to him a few, uh, about this about a week and a half ago. And, you know, he's always had the big leg, and his leg's bigger than ever going into this season. Um, but now he, he, he's much more consistent, much more composed. I think as a punter, you're going to see him have a great uh, great season this year. The freshman, Bubba Baxa, who's going to be the kicker, uh, I think there's, you know, reason to be a little bit more concerned just because he's a freshman. He's going to be nervous. <laughs> How's he going to perform? We don't know. Um, but the one thing where I do think he'll do well is on kickoffs. He's got a huge leg. I think you're going to see most kickoffs go into the end zone, and um, he'll be very adequate there. But I am concerned about him as a, as a, as a field goal kicker, not because he doesn't have the leg, but how is he going to manage his nerves? And, and, and I think that that's um, a key factor for that spot this season. Uh, another question, the mindset of the team, do they take another step forward this year? Uh, I've talked about that quite a bit tonight. I love the mindset of the team. I think they're confident. I think they they have a great chemistry in the locker room. I think they have a nice mix of veteran leadership and young players coming up. And uh, so I, I feel really good about the mindset of the team, not just going into this game on Sunday. But also going into uh, the entire season and their ability to withstand adversity and hang in there and, and, and show good character and things like that. Feel real, real good about the football team that's going to be uh, going to Dallas on Sunday. Um, the perceived weakness of the loss of defensive tackles from last year. Uh, we've talked about that quite a bit, uh, both on the message boards and on the show tonight. I think it's huge. I think it's destroyed the depth, the defensive tackle. I think uh, Gerald Willis is going to have to really uh, step up and be the man. Um, the other guys at that position, I see more as role players. I don't see any of them as being ready right now to be front line, Division One college football superstars by any stretch of the imagination. So um, it's the one, one area on defense that I think is the most challenged. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Um, I know the coaches are happy with what Pat Bethel is doing, but is Pat Bethel a guy that's going to give you 60 snaps on Sunday? Uh, We'll see. You know, um, I would like it better if he was giving you 25 and Norton and McIntosh were still there giving you, you know, 35, 40, you know, like, like they would have been had they stayed. So um, I I think that hurt the team a lot and we'll have to see how they do in overcoming um, those of that adversity that they have to deal with at the defensive tackle position. Uh, the matchup of LSU defensive coordinator Dave Aranda against Mark Rick's play calling. I think Mark Rick brings a lot of weapons to the stadium on Sunday and has every reason to, to, to win that coaching showdown, so to speak. And I, I think, you know, the, the onus is on Mark a little bit because they've done such a good job recruiting. They've built up you, you couldn't ask for more, Uh, talent at receiver, even the young kids at tight end are very good. They've got backs that can become factors in the passing game. They really have a lot of what you would want if you were drawing up the perfect offense. Now, what they don't have is a franchise quarterback. You know, Malik Rozier is going to have to come through for them and the offensive line is going to have to come through. You, You know, your offense can't function consistently and efficiently if your offensive line is constantly having breakdowns and you're in bad down and distance situations. So those are the variables, you know, this is not the perfect storm with this team. There are things they're going to have to overcome uh, beginning Sunday. And it's something that we're going to be watching the whole season and talking about on this show, because I think it's going to be a factor every single week. And uh, you know, those, the weaknesses and the, and the soft spots on this team are not going to go away. So it's it's going to be something as fans that and 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 people co- like like myself who are covering this team. Uh, I think we're going to have to be watching it and talking about it pretty much every week. Um, like I said, it's not it's not going anyplace. And lastly, expectations for the team. Uh, I mean, I, I think you got to have high expectations. It, they almost went through the season undefeated last year. I don't see this as a significantly weaker team. It's weaker maybe at defensive tackle, but it's way better at places like receiver and you know, maybe even deeper and better at running back and and you know, Malik Rozier should be better and you've got a lot of experience coming back on defense. You know, those guys should continue to be better. So everybody in college football loses players has different the changes that take place year to year. There is no reason this team should not obviously con- I'll say contend, but really win the coastal division of the ACC and be back in Charlotte. Are they ready at that point to take on Clemson? I think that's a conversation we have to have in late November. You know, we don't know how Clemson's going to come through the season. What kind of injuries are they going to have? Uh, you know, what kind of adversity will they have to fight through? I mean, it's never, things are never perfect. <laughs> you know, the seasons don't ever go the way people think, no matter how good their teams are. So I think the Clemson conversation isn't even one to have right now. The Miami doesn't have to be better than Clemson or even good enough to compete with Clemson on September the 2nd. They got to be good enough to go to Dallas and beat LSU. And um, I think that's the focus right now. Uh, let's see. We talked about the offensive and defensive line depth. We've talked a lot about Malik Rozier. Is he more confident? Yes, he absolutely is. Uh, Mark Richt is confident in him. The depth on the team is improved. So I, I think we've pretty much covered all the bases tonight the best that we can. And um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. It's great being back with you on Tuesday night. I want to thank our new sponsor, Sicilian Oven. You know, you've heard us say so many great things about sicilian oven tonight and I, I hope that many of you who have never eaten at one of their locations have the opportunity to uh to get out maybe in the next week or two and share your experiences with us they're going to be with us the whole season uh you've got the location in plantation at the fountains complex on university drive the aventura location at 205th and biscayne um, you got a location in lighthouse point you got a location in coral springs on sample road and 101st and you've got a location in boca raton and lastly, a location on Oakland Park Boulevard, just west of Bay- Bayview and east Fort Lauderdale, and that location has a full liquor bar, so you can really um, go there and camp out, eat some good food, watch some football, have a few drinks. And uh, I know I'll be doing doing it off and on, when I get a chance, you know, at least on Sundays, maybe uh, through the football season. So, um, Sicilian Oven, thank you for joining the Kane Sport Live family and uh looking forward to it the whole season. So I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. I, I thought our calls uh contrary to some of the comments I'm reading on the message boards at canesport.com where we got the peanut gallery taking shots at everybody. I thought the calls tonight were pretty darn good and I think we've got a lot of, you know, very well-rounded and knowledgeable fans in 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 the Miami fan base and uh I encourage those of you that did not call in tonight to feel comfortable uh calling in in future weeks. And we'll be here every Tuesday night throughout the season. Um, It's the weekly summit meeting of the Canes nation. So once again, thank you for joining us tonight, everybody. And uh, those that are going to Dallas, I'll see you Sunday in the big D at Jerry's world. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday night to talk about it. Good night, everybody.